gotta be so average? Just some average guys podcast. What's up, people? This is Diggy Metro. And Jordan, he's back. Podcast Poppy. Podcast Poppy in the building. <laughs> back for round two. All right. So last episode, we uh, we talked about the Mets and we talked about uh, them hiring a creep in Jared Porter. Mm-hmm. And then just a couple weeks later, comes out that their ex-manager, also a fucking creep, almost very similar too. Mm-hmm. Like in, in terms of what he was doing. Sorry to start off on such a somber note. That was fucking. That was <laughs> a rough start, right? Let's right, get right into, into it. it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, but. but isn't it? I find it very strange how how close the two situations were. Yeah, I think this one was even worse. Like, you think so? Yeah. You know, I just think because you know the shit with Jared Porter was just that one woman that he was harassing. Oh, yeah, but true. this guy, it's like. He used to do it with like a, every reporter, f- female reporter, anybody that was any woman that was basically was around the building. He was, you know, harassing them, sending them pictures, and he was also getting like really violent, like not violent but aggressive with them. Yeah. According to the reports, like if they uh, if they didn't answer him, he started like cursing them out, and you know they uh, he would see them and like approach them and say things to them. Uh, so to me, this one was worse. Did you see the picture of him by the tractor? No, I didn't see any of the pictures. Don't tell me he took a picture. By no, a there's a legit, there's a legit shirtless picture of him by a tractor with like a weed whacker in his hands oh that he was sending God. to bitches, and it's just like, yo, bro, what, where, <laughs> yeah, where like, in the world would that be attractive to a woman? This shit confuses like Omaha me. Or some shit. Maybe. What confuses me about this whole situation with Jared Porter and him is, are are older people just really bad at sexting? Yeah, like I they mean, just don't could, understand. Could, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Because here's my thing: if you're 40 plus, you've had way more than enough time to get acquainted with women and know how to talk to women. Yeah, maybe. But but maybe stuff like that worked when they were younger, and they just haven't adapted to like technology and the well, and the yeah. times. And it's like you have to realize that the shit they used in 1975 to bag a woman is not going to work. You know, nine times out of ten, rape culture was rampant back then. Yeah. Like like the shit that slid even in like the nineties, early two thousands was nev- weird. Yeah. And it would never be able to slide today without it being exposed. Fam, real shit. Even if you look back at like us in high school, and I'm mm. not saying you partook in it, mm. but the culture was different, bro. Yeah. Like if you partied with chicks, it was different. Yeah. You know, people used to brag about running trains. Yeah. I'd be terrified of shit like that. These days, yeah. If my homie was like, "Yo, we ran a train on her," I would be like, "That was you should not tell people that." Yeah, shit. that was always weird to me. That was actually like a, a good point. I always I, thought I it was kind of gay. Yes, me personally, def- definitely a little gay. I'm not really into like the thought of being naked with another dude, fucking one girl, especially my boy. Like, yeah, you know, like, what I, bro, it, I see you like every day. Right, I want to like, see like what you look like naked. Dog. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking weird. I never understood that. Never really, never really was interested in partaking in that. And that definitely was a big thing. I don't know. Do people still run trains? I'm sure they do, but I don't know if it's as... Here's my thing. Back then, we were in the first swing of, like, video recordings and shit that mm-hmm. were simple. Yeah. So, I would like to think that girls now are more aware of shit like that and probably don't partake in that put themselves, even Or even put themselves in a position right. to to be... <laughs> have To have a train ran on them. And let's not make it, like... I don't want to say that all girls that got a train run on them were like non-consensual because mm-hmm. there were definitely definitely consensual situations that happened like that. Yeah. But it's just a bad look, like especially nowadays. And I, I don't know, bro. I don't think anyone looks at 
the the girls that they're messing with as like someone's daughter or someone's like sister. Yeah, because then then it's now it's just weird. <laughs> you actually got to go out of your way to just like not think of that. Like, I know, but I feel like a fucking train is. Yeah. Wild disrespectful Like I don't know why I feel like that yeah. Like I don't even feel like That's a sexual thing I just feel right. like it's disrespectful Yeah, like, like it's like treating if, someone Like a fucking Like, if, like a an girl, object If a girl approached me And said yo I want you and your mans To fuck me at the same time Like even if she came to me And said that's what she wants to do I would be like ah, That's weird to me Even though you're asking for it Like it's something That you want to do You approach the situation With this proposal And I'm like nah I just never thought That was like interesting or I also think that there's something weird about like wanting that I feel like they're like you're aware that in in uh like the porn world a lot of those women are like victims of sexual abuse they had like horrible childhoods like there's some sort of abuse or trauma in their life that caused them to even get involved with that and that's not me saying that to shame women that are in the sex facts right it just is what it is like if you if you polled these women that's that's Mm -hmm. what the stats show yeah but if a, a woman approached me and wanted to have a train run on her, mm-hmm. I would automatically assume that there's something not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe now. Maybe if I was a kid, I'd be like, dope. Yeah. But now I would look at it and be like, there's something not okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's missing? Because what's wrong with one person? Yeah. You know I don't what I'm know. saying? That, yeah, just you can do a lot with one person. You mean take take me today and him yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, like, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Like, like, or even in a couple hours. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, can we separate this? Yeah, can we block let's, this? Let's, like, let's time chill. blocks. Like, all right, I got this fucking hour, and you know, go shower, come back, and then he'll come in. Like, we could figure this out. It doesn't happen. It does not have to happen at the same time. But completely, completely unnecessary. Completely normalized back when we were in high school, and that was not even that long ago. Yeah. So if you're looking at the culture of like what these guys come from, and how they act now, you would just think though, like, especially as, as a celebrity, like, I think we said this even with Jared Porter, if you're in the public eye, you would think that you'd be more careful about how you treat people and how you act. Like as a, I think that people that are like, like they have a career, like a nine to five and they work in an office and they don't have like any public shine. You're more likely to get away with something like that. If you are the fucking manager of the New York Mets, you're not getting away with that. Right. Like, maybe you, you should probably be on your P's and Q's when it comes to, like, anyone. I think that the money and the power kind of blurs the lines for these people, and I think they feel invincible, and they feel like nothing's ever going to happen to them, and no one's ever going to step up and rat them out or, or come forward, especially when you're dealing with women in a certain industry, in a male-dominated industry like Major League Baseball, and a lot of sports, you know, to, to be exact. Um, they feel like, you know, no one's gonna no one's going to do anything about this. You know, and this guy, like, speaking specifically about Mickey Calloway, this wasn't something that just happened with the Mets. This is these allegations go back to when he was the Indians pitching coach, when he was with the Mets, with the Angels. Now I think they just got rid of him. This was like a. Oh, it did they fire him? Or? Yeah, I think they. I think they fired him. They should. That, yeah, I'm they not should. sure. I, I'm not exactly. They sure said if they, they were going to do an uh, investigation, but yeah, it's like for what? I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that they fired him. Um, but I think once five women come out. There's no longer a need for an investigation at that point. Yeah, Just this was they, they, you know, they're saying, and according to the to the story, it was like the worst kept secret, secret in baseball. Like everybody knew that this guy was a creep. Um, so to me, it makes me think. Like I start to think now, if you look at the situation with Jared Porter, right, and now the situation with with Mickey Calloway, I kind of take the approach of like where there's smoke, there's fire. It's kind of like why why aren't um why aren't why aren't you know the people who are in charge of employing people for this organization, not doing a better job of vetting these guys and doing better background checks. Like, think about it. Do you understand the amount of 
background checks and all these different types of shit that these guys do in the front office when they're investing millions and millions of dollars into their players. Like, they interview everybody, bro. They go back to your high school and talk to your homeroom teacher, and they do all these types of background checks. They hire private investigators to follow you around. Like, they do all this shit when it comes to their players. But for whatever reason, when it comes to their front office management and people of high power and positions of power in their organization, it's kind of like, ah, you know, we'll just turn the other way. We'll ignore it. We'll, we'll sweep that under the rug because you might, you know, help our bottom line. You might manage our team to a World Series or you might put together a team that's going to be really good. Um, so we'll we'll just tolerate the other shit that you're doing. So I just think there's a imbalance of, like, attention when it comes to really finding out who these people are that you're hiring. Do you think that this all falls on Sandy Alderson? That's um, that's two situations that are too close to home where yeah. it's like it's like yo he said that he was not aware of of Jared Porter mm-hmm. and that seemed like it could have been possible even though ESPN had the story way before and they could have run it fucking 4 years ago yeah you know he he seemed like he was unaware then Mickey Callaway who you hired as the manager it's starting to seem like it's not an accident anymore it's it's starting to look like he's you know, he's he's looking the other way and he's letting certain things get away. Um, so learn, letting pe- people get away with certain things. And it's not looking good for him. I think he's definitely in the in the public eye. I think he's definitely on the, and I wouldn't say the hot seat as far as his job concerned, but I think he has some questions that need to be answered. I do think that there are going to be people that want him fired. Um, I don't know. I don't know if his job is in question. I think there may be some people out there that are that are calling for his job to be taken, but... Um, I don't know. I'd be surprised to see if he was able, if he was to lose his job behind this. But I definitely think that things need to change, and he needs to tighten the ship up a little bit because this is two strikes already, and you know he can't afford to have another slip up or have another story come out like this with one of his employees or players, anybody associated with the organization, because it wouldn't be a good look. And you know he might be looking at a uh, being in a position where he loses his job, and um, you know he definitely doesn't want that. It's just unfortunate. The Mets have had a rough week between that and the whole shit with Steve Cohen yeah. and the stock market and yeah, like his involvement rough. and him going back and forth with uh, the guy from Barstool. It's just been a rough week for you Don't, guys. If I'm the Mets, I sign someone huge just because. Just as some like type of quality, like like a a sense of control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shift the narrative. Yeah. Take the attention off of all the shit that's going on and go out that's and give, a, give, PR. Tre- yeah, give Trevor Bauer $100 million. Yeah, because, just do it, bro. Yeah. As Steve Cohen, who's who's a outed as trillionaire, as, right, and outed as one of the people involved in the whole fucking the whole stock market yeah. situation, he was uh, apparently investing into one of the um, the firms mm-hmm. that was dealing with that whole Robin Hood situation yeah. and like causing shit to shut down. Yep. All right, if I'm Steve Cohen, I make a huge move. Yeah. Only because I go, yo, everyone seems to fucking hate me right now. Let me give them some great shit. The other thing, too, I can see him, his approach being, you know, this thing will pass. Just like kind of the Jared Porter situation passed before this Mickey Calloway situation came up. I think with in due time, you know, especially in the in the media age that we live in where there's stories popping up every other day, people forget about shit, man. So I think he's probably thinking, I'm just going to let this shit, you know, pass in the wind and we'll figure it out moving forward. But I do think, regardless of the Mickey, Callow- Mickey Calloway situation or not, I do think that they do need to make a move. I mean, I love the Lindor move, but I do think that they need to, you know, bolster up their team a little bit. You know what's funny, bro? As New York fans, like fans of any New York sport, we can get the greatest player in the world, 
and we'll still be like, oh, we damn. need more. Yeah, they didn't do enough. Yeah, we need more. You know, it's funny. Like any other offseason, if the Wilpons would have made that Francisco Lindor trade happen, we would have praised them for that. Right. Because they never did anything else ever. Right. And like they did Beltron and, and Delgado. Oh, God. How long ago was that? That was a long ass time yeah. ago. Right. They've made a, a couple okay moves. Was that before Madoff? I think so, wasn't it? It might have been. It might have been right before. Yeah, because they weren't spending. They were they were making moves back then. Yeah, yeah, it was before. They, it was yeah, before. it had to have been. Yeah, because, because Sandy they were Alderson, spending bread back then. Yeah, because Sandy Alderson, when he got when he got the job, he wasn't aware of the Madoff situation and how it actually affected them. But he was, who was, the, uh, it was Manaya, right? Omar Manaya yeah, was the GM yeah. back in the yep. day. Yeah, yep. they, yeah, it had to have been before the Madoff shit because they were spending dough, bro. <laughs> yeah, Omar Manaya was just getting every good Latino player mm-hmm. that he possibly could. It fucking worked. Like, fuck it, those are my boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It fucking worked, bro. Those teams Don't were good. Delgado. Yeah. I'm surprised Johan that team Santana, never won Pedro anything. Martinez, mm-hmm. they had a squad, bro. Yeah. yeah. That was a good team. It sucks that the Mets and Knicks are always like, they're good enough yeah. to like sell tickets and they'll get like decently far. Yeah. But like, but the Knicks, the Knicks haven't haven't had uh, as near as as much as success as the Mets have in the last. If we're comparing the Delgado those days and the Knicks where they were at that time to now, then the Mets have had so the much Knicks more success. The Knicks of our childhood, though, we're a good team. The Knicks how of our childhood, far, how were a far good back? Team. Yeah, like early, early childhood, like when we were when I was a little ass kid. Early before I even knew, before I really understood what was going on, even those were the early glory 2000s, days. Thousands, the Knicks were a respectable team. No, we were awful, dude. We were fucking awful. Trust me, I remember those days clearly. See that to me, those are the heydays, of, the heyday of my Knicks fandom. Like as a young kid, like once I started getting to like 12, 13, like 11, anywhere from like eleven to like thirteen, bro, it was like a like the Knicks were my life, and I have no idea why we fucking sucked. Well, I do know why. It's when my did family. Spreewell leave the Knicks? Um, I think two thousand and one. Okay, up two, until up until then, respectable. Uh, yeah, no, they, I mean they made it to the finals in ninety nine. We were we right as the that, eight seed, of course. That's but, great. Yeah, yeah, uh, but that was also like the lockout year, so right. Shit was um, a little different. A little different yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about like two thousand. Like I started to become like a diehard Knicks fan, where like I really understood the game of basketball. I was playing basketball. Right. Basketball was my life was like 2003 and on. And those teams were fucking awful. I mean, terrible. But you couldn't tell me anything bad about the Knicks. Those were my guys from day one. So I've been through it all as a Knicks fan. I've seen the worst of the worst. And I've seen, you know, decent to pretty good. But the Mets, if you're comparing the Mets to the Knicks in that same generation, that same time span that we were just talking about, the Mets have had it way better. Knicks fans have Stockholm Syndrome. Like, really bad. Yeah. It's like this this abuser has just been ruining your life for like 20 years plus yeah and you still love them we're like born into all... it bro we can't shake it we can't shake it and i would feel like a fraud you know how many times i've thought i've thought you. about it i've thought about a switch of switching sides and i have other teams that i root for you know um not like i'm a fan but i i root for, for the success of these certain teams in the nba like i like the warriors for before all that like I, used the, to, the, I like the the we uh, believe or we believe that was my right. i love that team and then my family, I have family in Oakland, my mom and my sister, and I got cousins that live in Oakland, so I go there a lot. So I, the Warriors are like my 1A team, you know what I mean? Right. And of course, when they had Steph, Steph Curry's my favorite player in the NBA. So that's another team where that was like an outlet to go like, all right, my team sucks, but I can at least go to this team that I enjoy watching and root for them. Did you ever realize how bad Draymond Green is? Yeah, he's starting to see it now. <laughs> he's fucking he's star- terrible. He's starting to see it now. Yeah, I think he, he, was, uh, he was masked in that great team and I think he fit 
perfectly. It's one of those situations where he fell to the right team at the right time. Right. And it just made him into a now, completely different player. I won't say that he's not a winner. Oh, you can't say that about he's him. A, he's a winning player. He's always been a winning player. He's like player. a Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart, I could say the same thing. Like, like some games, he looks like the worst fucking player of all time. Yeah. Marcus Smart would just be pulling up, shooting threes, and he'll be like 0 for 9. It's like, fam. Yeah. When you're in fucking bitty ball, you know not to keep shooting at that point. Right, right. When you're in the league, 0 for 4, stop shooting the fucking rock. Yeah. Pass it. Yeah. You're like, you don't have it tonight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. With, going back to Draymond, like, that's one thing you could you can never say about him is that he wasn't a leader and he wasn't a winner. He wasn't going to give you 100%. And that's right. why I always respected him. I didn't think he was the most talented. I mean, if you know basketball, you watch the games, he's not like the most talented guy out there. He's not going to wow you with what he's doing. But he did what he had to do for the team to win. So that's why I respected him. And I think now that the team isn't as good, you know, KD's not there anymore. Clay's hurt. Um, it's just, you know, him and Steph out there, you know, you know his 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 uh, deficiencies and the things that he lacks are starting to be exposed out there because he doesn't have the other the guys around him to, like, make him look like the, the, the best player in the world. Um, but he fit perfectly with that team when they were winning those championships. I, was, I always liked Draymond. What's dope about the Warriors is that they're going to go from being super underdogs to a complete dynasty back to super underdogs. And mm. especially if Clay comes back 100%. Yeah. Even if he comes back 80%. Mm-hmm. I still think that they have a, a decent shot at going the distance in, in the playoffs. I don't know if they could win the whole shit. Mm. That depends on Wiseman. Yeah. If look, Wiseman pans out and he's actually fucking good. Yeah. Because he looks great. If he pans out, you could compete with the Lakers. Yeah, I think they have them if they if they play their cards right, I think uh some moves need to be made. I think they're in that weird in between area though, to be honest with you. Like, say even at their full you know, Clay and Steph come back at full strength, how likely do you think it is that they're gonna make another run for a championship? I, I think it'd be tough. There's some really good teams out there that are gonna be in their way. And if I'm the management for the Warriors, I'm looking like, all right, I have these really talented players that are aging. You know, they're not young guys anymore. Steph is, I think he's over 30 now, right? Is he like, or is he, yeah, he's down. He has to be like like 31 or 32 or something like that. I think he might even, he might even be like 34. Yeah, he's he's definitely like not a young guy anymore. Right. So his window is closing as an elite player. I think Steph is going to be around in the NBA forever just because he can shoot the ball. And as long as you can shoot, you well, can play in the NBA. That's what I was just NBA. about to say. I was about to say to you. No, he, I think Steph can play till he's fucking 40 right. just because he can shoot this lights like the out of the one thing that you need from like an aging player is that they become like a 3 and D player. Yeah. And Steph could do that. Clay could do that yeah. as well. The D part, I'm not sure. Because his defense, even his when defense he was young, hasn't great. been great. No, no, it's not great. But also, he got a lot bigger. Like, even if you see Steph now, he doesn't look like the same thin little, like, stick player that he used to be. Player, yeah. Like, he's actually built now. Yeah. So, he could turn into that, I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you could, if he had to change his game a little bit just to survive in the NBA... I think that he could turn into like yeah, a three and D guy sure. off the bench yeah. for a team. I think he has longevity in the league. I think for he's sure. not he's not going to be gone anytime soon. But I'm, what I was saying was like if I'm Warriors management, I'm looking and I'm seeing like, all right, what is our window for a championship or to at least compete for a championship compared to the window that our star players have as elite players in the NBA? And I think once you make that comparison, you think, all right, what? Uh, however, you wherever you fall in that in that discussion you might look to, like, move these guys and kind of blow the team up. That's how I look at it, just looking down the line. I don't know if that's something that's imminent coming up soon, but that's something that I would consider because you don't have a young nucleus anymore. You have aging star players who you could move when their value is still high and get a bunch back and try to rebuild this thing. 
And I mean, they've done it. They did it before. They created a dynasty with these guys through drafting. Why not do it again? You have a young player in James Wiseman who looks promising. He looks pretty good. I like his game a lot. And who's to say that you don't trade these guys and and, and get back a, a bunch of draft capital or some young players that you can develop, some young you know young players that are already in the league that you can develop into something and you know try to figure it out that way. But I think you'd have to wait like two three years to do that though. Yeah, I think because so too. I, I don't think, think it's something still that's perfectly like, fine. You yeah, know what I mean? I don't think it's something that's like this year or even right, next right. year. But I think down the line, I think they're approaching that time where it's like, all right, we got to start figuring out. I think they're going to make one more run at it. Like, all right, let's try to get some veteran guys and. And put some guys around Steph and Clay that could, you know, elevate the team. But if that doesn't work, I think within the next two years, it's gonna they're gonna start looking at the team like, all right, we got to rebuild this. They team. would almost have to. Ooh, what about this? Couple years down the line, they do a Celtics esque trade with Brooklyn, mm-hmm. give up Steph and uh, and Clay to Charlotte for Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and one of those other guys on the team. Um, I you would, have, if you have Lamelo Ball and James Wiseman, that's, I would definitely that's, do it if I was the if I was the war. I mean the the yeah if I was the Warriors. Like if they would take Stephen Clay and old Stephen Clay and give me Lamelo, and I'm able to pair that up. Uh, uh, he looks good. He looks promising. He looks way better than I thought he was going to look. At this same point. with me, bro. I I thought for sure he was going to be a bust because Lonzo gonna, Lonzo's fucking terrible. Yeah, I thought he's. I I just thought he was too much hype. I didn't think he could really play that much. I didn't really see him against really that good competition. Could fucking ball, he, he could bro. play. He could play. So if I'm the Warriors and they're willing to give me Lamelo Ball and I can give you Stephen Clay and get their big ass contracts off my books and use their money to go out and put a team around those two guys, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I think if you're Charlotte, you do it too because it's fucking Charlotte. And when when do you ever get the opportunity to sign two star players or get two star players? That's in what general? I'm saying. As far as a small market team, I think that you make that's that the trade. best they could do. Yeah, I mean, they and just gave Gordon Hayward 120 million dollars. That's what I'm saying. Right, and Gordon Hayward is aging. Like he's right. not. Although he, you know, he's, he's still playing looks well, he's playing well. Too. He's playing very. well. I'm actually upset at how well he's playing because yeah. I would have loved this fucking type of play on the Celtics, and he just didn't give that. Yeah, he was also injured half the time, and I also like, think still. he was weighed down the totem pole. I think he's the go to guy in Charlotte, and that's what he was in Utah, which are, which is why he was able to put up those numbers. He was never going to be that guy in Boston, especially when he was playing with Kyrie. It just wasn't going to happen. Well, also, if you look at the Celtics now, you're looking at, like, people are looking at Jalen Brown, and they're like, wow, yo, he's a fucking star. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, they had to divvy up the pie between Kemba, Jalen, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward last year. Yeah. Like, even if, if Jalen Brown wanted to go off like that, he couldn't. Couldn't have done it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think Gordon Hayward on a, another team, I don't know if he plays the same way. Like, if there's another star player, like definitive star, I don't know if he's playing how he is right now. No, he probably he's plays a, like he he's a really year. good player on a average to below average team. He's a great role player, even though he plays like a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's a great role player. Like, you want that guy on any team. Yeah, he'll get you a bucket like anytime. That's true. But I don't think that he's as like 120 million dollars for that guy. It's a lot of money. I'm not doing that. It's a lot of money. I'm not doing that. But Charlotte I, I had to the do money. that. Like I said before, when do you ever get the opportunity to sign a player like even close to his status? <laughs> yeah, but see, like Gordon Hayward's star power is Charlotte. Like you know that's what I mean? What, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's as good as it's gonna get. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, as like, good as he's gonna get. Real star, you're gonna get like a Gordon Hayward. Yeah, star. yeah. I'm just glad that the Knicks didn't give him the money. Like I always say, if Isaiah was running the team, Isaiah Thomas was still running the team, we would have gave him 200 million dollars to be the, our star player. Yeah, but Gordon on that Knicks team would actually be really good. Not at $120 million. Not at 120 But on that Knicks team, he would be good. Yeah, we'd be, we'd probably be, we'd probably have the same record as, as Charlotte does, which let's I think we do. Let's talk about quickly, real quick. Oh, let's do it. 
That Let's kid is a fucking stud, right, man. He's a stud, bro. He's a stud. Steal of the draft? It's looking like it. I'm I can't gonna, think I can't think of too many players. Quickly were, or mm-hmm. Peyton Pritchard? <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to go with quickly Listen, just off of I'm, strict bias. Fuck I, I know I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Celtics fan, but Peyton Pritchard at the 26th pick. When was quickly picked? Uh, right before him, 25. Okay. They were back-to-back picks. 25 and 26 for no, both I'm of lying. those? No, I'm lying. 23rd. Sorry. Regardless, in the same like ballpark, mm-hmm. Those two players look better than majority of of rookies. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard got injured, so he's been a little he's been out. But mm-hmm. those two players look like full NBA players. Pritchard is such a Celtic, though. He is like he was born. He was born in like a Celtic laboratory somewhere. Like we're gonna, he's like a created player, just made for the fucking Celtics. And you know what's funny? When they like, drafted him, I was like, of course they took this. I think Danny kid. Ainge is from Oregon, mm-hmm. and he was like watching him his whole life. Yeah. So he knew what the fuck was good. I'm picking this kid yeah, yeah. Like, in the 2020 draft. <laughs> yeah, he's been looking at him since '09. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now nah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with IQ um, because of the bias also. But I just think um, he has I think more he, of an NBA he's build. For more sure. of an NBA build, and I think I, I haven't seen too much of of Pritchard, but he just strikes me as kind of like I like I like quickly on defense. Quickly looks like an all around player, and he I like his demeanor on the court. Like he plays like a vet. I wish you would watch. Peyton Pritchard's defense. That's that's one of the most exciting parts about that motherfucker is that he's like he locks six up. foot tops, yeah. maybe five ten. And the way he locks people up, like he's a bulldog, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his defense is fucking incredible. And I'm like, for you to be one, a white guy, mm-hmm. two, tiny, mm-hmm. and three, a rookie, and you're playing he's like that. He's a white guy, but you could tell he had he had like black friends. Oh, for sure, up. bro. You see all the TikTok videos mm-hmm. and shit of him yeah. dancing and yeah, shit. You're yeah, like, yeah, that, like, that's yeah, not a real he's white. He's not guy. a white boy. Yeah. yeah. He, he he all his friends were black. Yeah, like you sure. can't you can't trick me. Yeah. He you know definitely I mean? says nigga like when yeah. no one's looking, for sure. <laughs> Even when some people are looking and yeah, they're just like, yeah, like they let it slide. Like he got a fade. Fuck it. Let him rock. Like, nah, he's cool, bro. You see how he beat them? Yeah. I'm I gotta check him out some more, but um IQ, obviously, I watch every quarter of every Knicks game. Today's actually the first Knicks game I'm missing the whole season. Uh, but he, uh, what I like about Quickly is he, his demeanor on the court. Like, he doesn't play like a rookie. He doesn't play scared. He he has a lot of veteran qualities. Like, he knows how to draw fouls, which is, like, a very underrated thing, uh, a very re- underrated skill for players in general in the NBA. Like, the ability to draw fouls and get to the free throw line, and he shoots, like, 93% from the free throw line. I think he's, like, top three in the NBA in free throw percentage. I just think things like that, especially at such at such a young age as a rookie, he's already learned some of these things that it takes some players years to learn. I think he's just ahead of the, ahead of the curve, and I think he's going to be a really good player. His floater game is a one as it, well. It's insane. I mean, I, that I, I, at the beginning of the season, I used to get a little frustrated with his floaters. I would just wish like take it to the hole, like stop throwing up these stupid fucking floaters because he was missing some of them early in the season. But then you start to do like your research on the kid, and you see that he like he works on this. He's outside. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's on the court two hours before the game, three hours before the game, working on his floater. So it's something that he, something that he puts, you know, he dedicates time to. So, and and they go in. They started to go in at a higher percentage as the season's gone along. So if you're I'm, I'm very Toppin, excited about him. If you're Obi Toppin, how do you feel right now? Um, as a lottery, pick? I think you feel fine. Yeah? I think you feel fine. Uh, I, I, that's what I would encourage him to do. Um, I know he's getting a lot of heat right now, and you know he's not really looking like he's doing much. Out, well, he's not doing much out there except just running around, and he'll catch an, an occasional alley oop here and there. But um, I'm I'm personally not like super down on him right now. I think he needs some time. Uh, I think he, you know, the fact that he missed so many games at the beginning of the season, he missed I think seven or eight games um, after the first game of the season. He just hasn't had the chance to get in the flow with the team out there. And I think Tibbs has a real tight 
uh, rotation. Like, he does not play with his rotation. He's got a solid 10-man rotation, and he's got a quick hook. If you're out there and you ain't doing nothing and you're not scoring the basketball and you, uh, you know, you, you fuck up on a, on a, on a defensive scheme or you, you're miscommunication on defense, like, he's pulling you out the game. So I think the circumstances for Obi have been tough, but you know, give him some time, man. It's, Those coaches know. are the worst. They're they're the best and worst. Yeah, because in basketball you have to get a groove sometimes, and sometimes mm-hmm. you go in and and it's just not clicking, and yeah. then you get it together by just like fucking playing hard. Yeah, right. If you have one of those coaches that just pull you, like I played for a coach like that in mm-hmm. high school. I'll go in. Second that you fuck up. Pull out. you right out. Yeah, and you never build that that flow. Right. And I think that for for rookies in the NBA. Especially on a team like the Knicks, you got to let them play through that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to just let them get a, a, accustomed to it. Like, yeah. the Celtics do that where Brad Stevens doesn't even play the rookies. Like, Carson Edwards sucks, but he's also never been really given a shot to even show anything. That's crazy. I loved Carson Edwards, Carson Edwards coming out of college. I thought he was going to be really good. He looked amazing. Yeah. And then even in the summer league, when he first got into the league, in the summer league, he torched people. Yeah, he hasn't played well, huh? Nah, he sucks. Really? Yeah, dude, just... I, you know, bro, I think that when you're playing against all rookies in, like, a summer league environment, and you just played against these guys... And a lot of guys aren't even making it to the league. They're not even rookies. They're, right. like, undrafted free right, agents right, that are just right. trying to make a team. Yeah, I think that that that's not really a good uh, showcase of, like, these players. But, like, I just think that there needs... There really is a height limit to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, but like, how many successful small guys are there? Yeah, they're, defensively they're, you can't few, do yeah. shit, man. There are diamonds like, in the rough. The guys that that end up being good. Like it had a great run defensively, though. Fucking terrible. Oh, yeah, you, I mean he's five, guard shit. five nine. What right, are you gonna do right. So it's like, and and for some odd reason, the Celtics just love that shit. Yeah, I don't know why Danny Ainge sees someone who fucking cannot guard anybody just by size alone. Yeah. And it's like, yo, I need that guy. I need that guy. Yeah. No, I, I was a, uh, I was a big Carson Edwards guy coming out, coming into the draft. I thought he was going to be really good. He also cut the dreads, and I think that that might have fucked him up. Yeah, he took his powers away. Yeah, and that's when he really evolved. That year when at Purdue, when he was with rocking the dreads, he was dunking everything, just that pulling much up from thirty. Too? Yeah, he went crazy that year. Stupid. Mm-hmm. For sure. If uh, if you're looking forward to a young team in the NBA, who do you think has a real future at and and uh, championship aspirations as a young team right now? Moving forward, um, everyone would would point toward the Pelicans, but I think that that team is going to get fucking torn yeah, apart. Yeah, they're turning. They're, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that at all. I think they uh, they're talking about trading Zoe and, and JJ. Or I think those guys are on the block. And um, I mean, their GM is a championship guy. Like he's you know he built the team in Cleveland and. And did he though? He ain't build it, but well, he kind of did. Did he, he though? He kind of did. He, he LeBron made, came back. He came and back. They won a fucking championship. He came back, but the 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 he you know he got he had Kyrie and I he know, made the trade with like he he made you know, he put everyone, pieces together. But everyone and, gives David Griffin so much fucking props for for building a, a successful team. Like they didn't win fifteen games the year before LeBron came that's back. True. Yo, LeBron goes to a team, they fucking win. They, like you is, can't you can't credit the GM for what LeBron does. That's true. Like just like you can't credit Palinka for fucking putting together. The this all-star squad, LeBron came to the team, they're good now. You still have to make the right moves, though. That's a fact, but also when LeBron is making the moves, too. Yeah. Yo, I LeBron, think the opportunity wouldn't be there if LeBron wasn't there. Like, I don't think the Kev, I don't think Kevin Love's dying to go to Cleveland if LeBron's not no, there. No, that's a fact. But you still got to make the move, and you still got to not give up too much to get the guy. Like, there's still something to be said uh, 
for a GM to like, yeah, you got LeBron cool, but you still have to put the team together and hire the right coach. And you still have to make moves to make the team successful. When the second best player of all time is on your team, you do whatever the fuck he says. If he says, go get Kevin Love, you fucking get Kevin Love. Yeah. If he goes, yo, I'm, I'm already in my prime. I don't need Andrew Wiggins on my team. Go get Kevin Love. You fucking do it. Yeah. If, Bro, me and you could have been the GM of the Cavs and we would have been equally successful and we would have fucking huge right. careers right now. Right, right. Like LeBron, no, right. yo, LeBron is a fucking basketball genius. You're right. Like you're at the right. end of the day, he's the smartest. Of course. No. I think he's even smarter than Jordan. I think if LeBron went on to own a team after this, they would be an extremely successful team. Yeah. Where well, Jordan is a fucking any, terrible. Yeah, well, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough comparison because I don't think you can get worse than Jordan as an owner. That's what I'm saying, yeah, though. Yeah, I think. You know, but I think LeBron would actually be a really good owner. Yeah. Beyond, I don't think he ever has to coach. I think he can go straight into ownership. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see LeBron coach. I think that'd be awkward as fuck if he was a coach. Yeah. He's too great to coach. Like, I think Jordan was, I think Jordan is too self-absorbed to to run a team. I think he just expects everybody to be as great as he is, whereas LeBron, I think he realizes that there aren't that many people that are ever going to be as good as him. And judging off the, te- off the moves that the teams that he's been on has made before, and knowing that he's been a big part of those moves happening... I think that could translate into him running a team, even if he's not going to own it, be a front GM, office guy, GM, yeah, something. For sure. I think he could do it. He's a smart basketball guy, and he really studies the game, and I think he'd be able to do it. But when I was talking about David Griffin as a championship GM, just the sheer fact that he's won a championship before, so that's his mentality. Right. His mentality isn't like, oh, I'm going to come in here and like figure it out and like let's build a team. from. I don't think he's looking to like do like what the Knicks are doing and like build through the draft and like build from the ground up. Like He's going over there to try to make some moves. So I don't, like I think the fact that he's trading Lonzo and JJ is just because he sees them as expendable parts that he can get something back for. JJ, I understand. Lonzo, I don't understand because I feel like yeah, you let that kid grow with that team. Yeah. He's not good. I don't think he's a good player. But you let that kid grow with that team. They're, I like they're Lonzo. a young. They're a young squad. He you let that kid Knicks. grow with them. I like Lonzo. He can come to the Knicks and be the point guard. I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that either for I, the Knicks. I think he'd be good with the Knicks. I think Thibodeau would also get him he, in shape. Tibbs would get the most out of him. And I think that LeVar would fuck that situation up bad. Really? LeVar's been kind of quiet lately. I haven't really heard much LeVar from LeVar. LeVar just caused a whole ruckus about how Melo doesn't like not starting. Yeah, but how big of a ruckus was it, though? Was it really a ruckus? I wouldn't I, even call it that. I think it, it no was. No one really gave a fuck when he said it. Not That's like a, they used to I don't think. Yeah, I don't think people give a fuck anymore. I yeah, think that he's like think, the boy who cried wolf, yeah. especially when Lonzo was supposed to be the greatest thing that ever happened. He's he better than Steph Curry. Right, right, right. Yeah. He, he, he lost credibility with me a long time ago. And I think even in that, nationally, like me, I've been stopped care, giving a fuck about what he said. Says any any time. Yeah, just always, he was. I just thought he liked it. He just made it about himself. I didn't like how he made his son's success about himself. Like I feel like he spoke about himself, and I think even when he would talk about how great his boys were, I always felt like it was more about him. Like they're associated with me. They're the best thing ever, and this, that, and the third. I just it felt they didn't feel genuine. I'll commend me. him for being a father who raised three kids to eventually go on to the NBA even though the second kid was short lived he was on Mm -hmm. the Pistons for like a week but I'll commend him for that because that's not fucking easy not at all like you know the amount of money he probably spent to put him through different AAUs and, and shit like that but outside of that when they were giving him press runs to go on ESPN and all that shit, like what I, I never understood that. Yeah, me neither. I stopped I stopped listening to him a then, long time. Then ago. they had the the shoe brand that it was like, yo, support black business. Then they don't send the shoes to anyone. It's like right. fam, that's that 
Yeah, and they're that can't six, happen. Six hundred dollars, right? Right. Like, who are and they're, you? They're ass too. Yeah. Like like Lonzo used to have to switch pairs at halftime because they would rip Falling during the apart. game. Yeah. Like I don't know the the gimmicks that he plays kind of make him unlikable, and I think that that also plays against his kids. Like even if Lonzo was a good role player, people would still give him more shit because of his father. Yeah. Same with Lamelo. If Lamelo came in and sucked, bro, he would be feeling it right now. Yeah. And we also forget that these are people. I don't know if that would affect Melo as much now as it would have affected Lonzo back then because the hype was so much. Lonzo was the first one going to the going into the league. And he was true. such a highly touted prospect that I think that Lonzo, if he would have went into the league and flopped, would have had it way worse than Melo would have it now. Because like I said, no one really gives a fuck about LeVar, what he has to say anymore. Like Melo's the Melo's the star now. It's I not also about think it's not that about Mello, that dad. I feel like Melo had more pressure on him to be good though. Yeah. Lonzo, yeah, they were saying he was going to be good. He went number two. But Melo, his whole childhood is documented. Mm -hmm. And people have been hating on him since he was a kid. Yeah. And he had to go overseas and play because his dad's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He had to do all these different leagues. And you know what I mean? He was in high school for one year and whatever. And still, he came out and he's decent. Like, he's a good player. playing really well. Yeah. You know, and he he hasn't even really hit his stride. But, like, the kid could pass the fuck out of the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. He could kind of shoot, even shoot. though his his shot is ugly. As I don't shit. even mind his shot. Everyone was always talking about his ugly release. I mean, it's not the most like, it's very unorthodox and it's not like the prettiest thing in the world. But he's got like, if you look at his stroke, at his form, he does a lot of weird shit with his legs and kind of like the way he, he positions his body. His body and yeah, then it it's a little weird. But if you low. look at his arms and his hands, they're in the right place. He shoots the ball like a little kid almost. Yeah, like little kids can't. Like I used to, I used to teach at a basketball camp, and little kids can't. The ball's too heavy for yeah, them. They don't have the upper body strength. Right. So the way that they shoot it is they bring it down low and they fucking toss it. Yeah. And that's kind of how he shoots. Like he shoots from his stomach, which confuses me because I don't see how that shot is not blocked more often. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't I can't understand how an NBA player is guarding you and they can't block a shot coming from your stomach. Yeah. They also they they kind of give him room though. I feel like nobody respects him as a shooter yet in the league. I mean, so the they kind of let hitting. him Yeah, he's hitting, but I mean it's very early. I'm sure like if he starts hitting these shots consistently, they're gonna play up on him a little bit. And maybe block a couple of them. But I think, like, I've been watching. I've only seen a few highlights. I haven't sat and watched a whole Charlotte game, except for one game they played against the Knicks, and Melo didn't really play much. I think he scored, like, two points. But uh, from the highlights, they're little, They're sitting back. They're letting them, they're letting them shoot. And he's I also think he's them. in the best time of, of ever in the NBA to shoot three balls. Like, bro, no one plays defense. No. One, you could travel now. Mm-hmm. And no one plays defense. It's yeah. like it, to be an offensive player in the NBA is so much easier now than it used to be. Do you feel like this? Because I feel like this. Like the NBA is way less entertaining to watch than it was when we were younger, like early 2000s. Late, you can't take away. T- it's already not a contact sport, but you can't take away the little bit of contact that there was. It's yeah. the same way that baseball, like with steroids, was way more fun to watch because like I know it's wrong. But just let a little bit slide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, when when Sammy Sosa was fucking clobbering balls like that's what i want to see i don't want to see a bunch of guys like fucking hit 20 home runs for 162 games yeah that's not exciting sorry and baseball is already boring as fuck yeah bro i'm watching the celtics game yesterday and like the amount of fouls that get called on bullshit like yo if i see steph curry fucking pump fake and then jump into someone's body Mm, and throw the fucking ball with his left hand one more time right like that that shit makes me want to kill myself yeah the game is not as fun slide in high school the game is not as fun to watch anymore i just felt like the game was more balanced back in the day. I think it's entertaining from an offensive standpoint. When someone like Fred Van Vliet hit 11 threes two days ago. Frederico. 
And it's my guy. when some shit, yeah, that's your twin, boy. <laughs> yeah, that is my <laughs> <your> twin. brother. <laughs> it's my twin. I feel Facts. like when, when someone like that is going off for 50 points, it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. But at the same time, when it comes with no hard defense, not, it's not as, it just looks like it's not as difficult. You had to work for 50 back in the day. Right. Like, like 50 was, that was like a, like, I feel like somebody drops 50 every other week. These guys the are given 50 where, like, MJ was was getting 50. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he was going out of his way to get 50. Yeah. And, bro, I remember... And he was getting, hand sh- like, fucking hand-checked and all the type of shit. Double team, fouled every time he went to the hoop. And they weren't calling it. I don't it know where era. this video is. And I don't know if I made this up in my head. But I, I swear, I remember watching a 60 Minutes with my father growing up. And MJ was breaking down how, during his career, he was able to move people side to side by putting his hand on their hip and he could point them in the direction that he wanted them to go. Mm. And I remember him just breaking down like his dynamics and like fundamentals for how he plays the way he plays. Yeah. And it was just like a different breed of human. Like Kobe Bryant was a different breed of human. LeBron is a different breed. After them, I don't see it. Yeah. Like who's the next guy? Yeah, I don't know who the next guy is. And People there's are trying some to give Zion play- that, but like Zion's not Zion's that. Zion's not that. Zion is not that. I was just talking about Zion yesterday. He's not what people thought he was going to be. And, and, and it's you know, crazy. He's still averaging. We're we're saying that like he's not averaging twenty three a game. No, like, he's, the kid he's is a, fucking good. He's a good player, but, but he's not it. Right. He's not it. He's not the savior that we all thought. he I was I just don't be. think he's as exciting. At like his dunking is exciting. Yeah, but yo. Is it is it me or like his bounce isn't as as impressive as it once was? Like it's one, fucking impressive, but the, I, I think the problem is that his body way, type is just awkward for it. So it's like it doesn't. When you saw LeBron flying through the air, you're looking at like a fucking Greek god. Like he's yeah. built like a god. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So when he's flying through the air and dunking and shit, he's like long. It, it just makes more sense. Like Zion being like stocky and fucking weird shaped. Yeah. And like he walks and like drags his arms and shit. Like he's fucking weird. I don't know when he. It, I just feel like his dunks in high school and college were way more exciting. And like, damn, look at this kid fly through the fucking air because of the competition that he was playing with. Right. But then he's yeah, he's an elite athlete, all world athlete. But then all these guys are fucking all world athletes. That's why they're the in the NBA. And when you see him dunking, it's like okay, I've seen guys like this dunk in the NBA. Whereas in high school and college, you're not seeing guys you know, particularly flying through the air the same way that he is. I just think that, no, he is a great player, a good, very good player. I wouldn't say great just yet, but he he's definitely a, a good player and, you know, well worth the number one pick. But I just don't see who the next guy is, like the next, like, God player that, you know, the God like LeBron, KD right. type type guys. Like, you look at the young coop of players, the Jason Tatums, the Devin Bookers, Donovan Mitchells, all great players, but are they really, like, the transcendent stars that, the Kobe's, the Jordans, the LeBron wears. I don't know. I don't know. You want to know what the difference is between a lot of these young guys? And like, it doesn't look like they're trying as hard. Kobe and Jordan and LeBron looked like they were playing their asses off when they were trying to get buckets. Mm -hmm. Like these new guys, like even Tatum, bro, Tatum, like he'll have 35 and you'll be like, I didn't even see him score. Yeah. Like, it's just such a quiet 35 because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that fucking dog in him. Yeah. Like, if Tatum had the dog that Marcus Smart has in him, now we're talking about the next guy. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, He just doesn't have it. Like, he's yeah. such a nice and peaceful guy. And yeah. I think it's also part of just the new NBA. Yeah. There's one thing I love about, like, a Russell Westbrook is that when he's playing against you, he fucking hates you. Yeah. I don't like he doesn't need to he's not a dick about it but he does not like you on that court. Mm-hmm. Kobe didn't like you on that court. Mm-hmm. He respected you, he didn't like you. Mm-hmm. There's a different story with players like that. 
It's the same with, with Marcus Smart, bro. Like, he does not look like he enjoys the other person. Another player like that, Marcus Morris. Say whatever you want about him, but that motherfucker does not like his opponent. And right. he'll fight anyone. Yeah. But before the game, he was cool. Mm-hmm. The, the NBA needs players like that because without players like that, it's That's just a boring love watch. contest. You're shooting. It's like shoot around. Like right. no, one, no, one's, no one's playing defense. No one's attacking each other. It's like just a bunch of friends playing basketball on right. a fucking basketball court. Yeah, it's it's not as exciting. Yeah, I think the NBA is in a weird direction where they kind of got to, I don't know, they got to do something. I don't know if there is anything you can do, but as a diehard basketball fan, a diehard NBA fan my whole life, the product on the floor, although it's great talent, they're good, very good players, the best players in the world, it's just lacking a certain type of grit that it used to have. And I don't know if it's we just need to adjust with the times. And I'm sure they're doing great numbers still, and it's very popular. It's a it's it's a global game now. They're fucking, you know, playing games in China, you know, prior to to COVID, and and playing games in Mexico and doing all types of things like that. So I'm sure it's successful as a business, but as a fan watching the product, it just to me doesn't feel the same as it used to. And maybe it never will. Maybe it's just not for us to. Maybe we just got to let go of those days and just think like you know they'll never come back. I have to take a piss, so we're going to take a break. Yes, sir. But when I come back, I feel like I know the answer to that. So we're going to pause real quick. We'll be back, and I feel like I know the answer to what you just said. And we are back. Okay. So uh, before I went to the bathroom, you were saying that uh, there's no grit left. Yeah. In sports. Well, in general, but. I'd like to think that that has everything to do with the fact that this generation has just been babied. Like, bro, even even something like cyberbullying. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, just, real, real just shit, turn bro. Turn your computer sh- off. Just, tur- like, turn everything Walk off. Walk away. <laughs> yo, why are people like that? I don't know, man. I like, never understood yo, these that. Kids, these kids have to... Because, yo, I think we've even... Like, I, I've, I've probably talked about it on this podcast before, but, like, these kids are going to have jobs someday and their boss is going to be a dickhead. Yeah. And he's going to go to school and like face real bullies in real life. Right. And they're just not going to know how to act. Right. Like, yo, I actually appreciate the fact that I was bullied as a child. I was Mm. a small kid. Mm. I appreciate the dudes who used to like throw me into a fucking mound of snow. Because character. It it does, dude. It (laughs) sucks when it happens and you feel like shit. Mm. But like, you learn that the world is not like such an easy place. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of kids just think that the world is fucking super simple. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids are coddled and going back to just like star athletes and like all these players that go professional, you know, go pro and all the sports that they play. They're coddled like their whole life. They go, they go their whole life being told that they're the best and nobody's as good as them. And you're going to be the best in the world. And it's then a third. And even when you play like shit, your coach is sucking you off because you're the best player on the team. And, giving you all these praise when, you know, you actually need to kick in the ass sometimes. And then they get to these high positions, not even just pertaining to athletes, just in general. You get to these places where the real world starts to kick in and you start to think like, wait, why the fuck isn't everybody kissing my ass like everybody else did my whole entire life? And then it breeds, you know, punk-ass motherfuckers that just don't know how to deal with the real world. Pertaining to, to basketball, like NBA in particular, you know who started that trend? LeBron James. What do you mean? The trend of players who come in being told that they're the greatest thing that ever fucking happened and like crying about uh, foul calls and 
LeBron, I remember watching, the other day I was watching the Celtics play the Lakers. And LeBron will foul someone wholeheartedly, slap the shit out of them, and then turn to the rest and like throw his arms mm-hmm. up That's and the be like, league. come on. That's like, the whole I wasn't... league now. I hate that about the NBA. Right. But that started Kobe with LeBron. Kobe did it too. Everybody did it. Kobe, Kobe did not Kobe, do it to yeah, that degree. Kobe, Kobe was LeBron a LeBron takes it past... Past that Kobe point. used to oh, that's one of the things rest in peace Kobe that was one of the things that that bothered me the most about Kobe probably not to the extent as to like what the players do it do nowadays but back then when nobody was really doing it Kobe was definitely doing it way more than the other players in the league you know he was looking for that star treatment it used to piss me off like bro you clearly just smacked the shit out of this guy Stop. And not only that, it's on TV. Like, there's replays. We can see you, bro. Like, you just smacked him in his face, and they called a foul, and you're crying to the ref. Like, cut it out. I think that's the worst part is when they go slow-mo on some shit, and you can clearly see them, like, slapping yeah, the shit like out of somebody. Yeah, you see, like, the guy's face, like, fucking <laughs> yeah, like vibrating ripple. and shit. Yeah. It's like, bro, you smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> like, stop crying about the fucking I call. feel like for a superstar, okay, you could say that Kobe started that. I don't, I don't recall Kobe being that bad. But, like, LeBron for, like, the star, I feel like does that more than any other star of his magnitude yeah. ever did. Yeah, he cries a lot to the refs. I feel like if you're LeBron James, you should not cry to the refs. Yeah. Well, you know, you get used to the superstar treatment. They call fouls on LeBron, you know, for not on LeBron, but toward, like, on LeBron, like, or on other players that are fouling him all the time. And it'd be, like, a ticky-tack foul that nobody else would get. You know who was the king of not getting the calls was Carmelo Anthony. I've watched every single game Carmelo Anthony ever played for the Knicks in his, I think, six or seven years, whatever he spent with the Knicks. And that guy did not get any calls, bro. Like, he would get hacked down low, and they would not call that. And I always thought, like, yo, what is it about Melo? He doesn't get the star treatment. He has, like, a very specific arrogance, though. Like, like Melo just comes off like a dick. Like, even when he was out of the league, there was no reason for that. And when stuff like that happens, I just think, if all of these owners and all of these GMs and all of these coaches have access to Carmelo Anthony and they're just deciding not to hire him, mm-hmm. something has got to be there. Well, I think the Melo situation was just the fact that he wasn't ready mm-hmm. to take a lesser role on a team. I think he wanted to be a star player, a starter, and he just wasn't there. Yeah, but that doesn't speak to a team that like is rebuilding and fucking terrible, not giving him a shot. There was a point in Melo's free agency or whatever you want to call that, blackball, where but I don't think Melo would have taken a, uh, an offer to go to okay, well, any that, team. That's a problem. That's a that's a similar problem to what I had with uh, Colin Kaepernick at one point. Mm. You know, like I I for everything that he was standing up for, respected, didn't really respect him wanting to get back into the league, but also didn't respect when teams like outside of the league, other leagues were offering fucking the bag at him yeah. to be like they're the face of their league. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah. No, I don't want to do it. Like, it's either you I want to play it, or you don't. Yeah, I you guess, know, with, I a, guess. with a mellow, it's like, it's like, bro, if if the worst team in the league hits you up and they're willing to give you a contract and you're complaining about being blackballed, you can no longer complain about being blackballed at that right. point. Well, maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't know that for a fact that he was offered. I'm no, just, but I I'm, believe what you're saying. I, I think, I, I mean, if I'm mellow, right, I'm not going to just like, I'm, I'm towards the twilight. I'm in the twilight of my career. I've, I haven't won a ring yet. I've done all, you know, I've I've accomplished any personal accolade you can accomplish in this league. Why would I go to the Memphis Grizzlies to be the fifteenth team in the in the West if there is even if there is, if there's even fifteen teams in the East right, right. or West? Um, so I, I I could see his approach from that angle, but um, 
I, I do think that that's why he wasn't offered an opportunity for so long was that I think he was just very adamant of not stepping down. I'm not going to take a lesser role. I'm definitely not coming off the bench. And I mean, he was clear about that, even when he was on what, OKC? Yeah, I think they asked him the question in the like, press conference. Are you conference. willing to come off the bench? And, and he was like, like hey, 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 I got to come off the bench. They said they're going to bench me. Like, fam. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy, though. That, that At that point, it was Dog, like, he was damn, scoring he... 13 points a game. Like, you're not you're not yeah. a star player anymore. Yeah, I it never just, thought, what it is. I always thought that was a bad fit when they traded him to OKC. And everybody was hyped because he was Carmelo Anthony and he was still looked at as a star player. I was like, there's there's one basketball. You're telling me that you're going to put Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony on one basketball team? And you're going to tell me that that's going to work and Melo's going to be like the difference maker on that team? There's no way that's going to work. Well, I, think I that called that, that from the beginning. That plays into what you're saying, though. Like, Melo's never been a player that buys in. Melo has always just wanted to play the game how he plays it, but he's yeah. never bought into any type of culture. I mean, look at the Jeremy Lin situation. Yeah. That was huge. Yep. And he just completely fucking hated that. Yeah. Like that was crazy. You don't do shit like that, that was if you're like a likable player. Like you don't do shit like that. That was disappointing. I was disappointed in Melo in that. I've always been a Melo guy. I still am always going to be a Melo guy. Um, but that situation, the way he handled the whole Jeremy Lin thing was whack to me. He's just not a winner at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, that was very like babyish, very diva-ish of like a thing of him to do. Like, Bro, when I played ball back in the day, I could get buckets. Yeah. But I would never say that I was a winner. Right. Like I was someone who could give you 25 points in a game, mm-hmm. but I wasn't the guy who's changing the game. Yeah. I, I, I know that mm-hmm. about myself. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. There are guys who you put them in the game and they win you the game. Yeah, they they can give you 25, but they make the guys better. Like, they, right. they will the team to victory. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're like, the I got my maker. stats, but I didn't fucking, I didn't help right, the team right, that much. Right. We won games, but it wasn't just me. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Melo's one of those guys who, like, he's never been a winner. And I, I think that some someone from the Nuggets that he played with a while back, I don't know if it was Chauncey Billups, someone said that there would be games where they would win by 20, and if his stats oh, weren't that up. Oh, uh, that was uh, Chauncey Billups. It was, right? Yeah. Okay. He said that if Melo didn't get his stats up, yeah. like, he was upset. Yeah. That's not the guy. Yeah, it's just they would not lose, the guy. They would lose, and if they lost a the game and he had 40, he'd be fine. But if they won the game and he wasn't, and he didn't have 35, he was pissed. Right. And yeah. that's just not a winner. Yeah, that's it's true. It's just not. That's and not that's, a winning mentality. You know, and that's, you, one could say that that's, you know, a telltale sign of the reason why he hasn't been able to win a championship in his career. Do you think that he's one of the most disappointing NBA superstars of all time? Uh no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. He hasn't really accomplished anything. Like, yeah, let's be honest. I mean, Western Conference Finals with the Nuggets that were stacked. Yeah, I think Melo is it uh, was a single is a singular talent, and in the prime of his career was a was a top player. But he wasn't the kind. He was just never going to be the type of guy in the NBA that was going to carry your team to a championship. I just don't think he did enough. I think Melo, when he wanted to, could be a pretty good defender. I've seen him. Um, play good defense at times, um, but he was a scoring guard, a scoring player, bona fide scorer. No, you can put anybody in front of him; he was going to score on them. That's a fact. But One I think the- I just think he didn't do enough to make the guys around him better. I just think his style of play would have never was was he wasn't going to be the guy to will a team to, to to victory. I think like if he was on a team like uh, let's say if he was if instead of Chris Bosh it was Melo on the on the Heat. Like, I think in that situation, he would have been a better player in that system than Chris Bosh was. And I think he would have shown, he would have, like, shown out in that type of, on that type of team and that type of play style. Yeah, but I think but that as, if, but if I LeBron think, and Wade were getting their shit off, I don't think that he would have respected it. 
You know what I mean? I yeah. think that he would have been the guy that was upset the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think Melo would have been a, a, a third. Because, you know, you could say he would have been the... But what do you... Uh, I don't know. See? I think I that think, you, I think, as I a think, Knicks fan, I think that you just have too much love for, not, for Melo. Not even that. But, I, I, like, let's put it this way. Of course, LeBron and Wade are great. But it was clear that Chris Bosh was going to be the third player on that team. Like, without question, you knew he's the third guy. He's going to have to, you know, take less shots. His His points per game is going to go down. Like it was not even a discussion. I think if you put Melo and that at that time in 2010 when oh, he was get still the, the fuck f- out of here, it's a conversation, bro. Conversation between for him and Wade, who's going to be the, two, the number Wade, two guy. Wade is a way better player overall than Carmelo Anthony. I don't know, man. Carmelo Anthony is a better scorer, but if we're but talking about talking an all around player, Wade is a way better player. I don't know. At that time, it was it, they weren't. It wasn't. A, it was they were in the same. They were in the same tier, for sure. I don't know if I could agree with that. There's no way, dude. At that point, Dwayne uh, Wade is is one of the he, if not the best shooting guard of all time, mm. he's one of the best shooting guards and of all time. Where is Melo rank in his position all time? He's of power forwards. He, what is he? A small he's, forward, he's a, he's power a forward. He's a three. You say he's a three. He's got to rank deep. There's no bro. What are you? You're not putting him top ten. Small forwards of all time. I definitely am putting Carmelo Anthony at top ten. Top ten small forwards of yeah, all time. Absolutely. Absolutely, we can list them. One Michael day. Jordan's a, a small forward, correct? Uh, shooting guard, th- small I think forward. He was a two. Yeah, I, I, he's I was, a six-six shooting guard. Six-six shooting guard, but he played. He played because Scotty was the third. Was the, was the small Scottie forward? Scotty Pippen is better than Melo. Yeah, by far. Yeah, yeah, I give you that. LeBron James is a small forward. Yeah, I give you that. Kevin Durant is a small forward. If we went on with the list, bro, you know who who Melo is going to go down as, and not even as great as him, only because he didn't win a ring. He's like a Paul Pierce, and that's coming from a Celtics Jesus, fan. Come on, man, Just don't do that. Don't do that. Do not do that. God, Melo is like a Paul no, Pierce with no ring. No, yes, he's he not. is. No, he's not. No, Tracy he's not. McGrady's a, a small forward. No, right? he's not. Uh, I think he was also a shooting guard, but we could fact check that. I think Those, he, he, there were some big fucking shooting guards. Yeah, then. yeah, they were all like six, 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 seven. They now probably should have been small forwards, forwards but yeah. they just knew how to dribble the ball. Yeah, and guys, there was more like seven. There was more big guys like you, like back in the day in those days of Tracy McGrady and all those guys, like. There were guys that weren't that good, but they were just big, so you put them on a team. Like, how many, like, starting power forwards in, like, the late 90s, early to mid-2000s were, like, the most forgettable players ever? But they were 6'11", so they just started at power forward. There was a lot of them. Yeah. But that Carmelo, Paul Pierce, that's disrespectful. Carmelo, like, okay, You think Paul, he's a way better Paul, player than Paul Pierce? He's a way better player. That's incredible He's a to way me. better player. Way better player, dude. Way better player. That's incredible to me. Paul, you Pierce, feel like was, that. Paul Pierce was a was a very good player. Very good player. A lot of heart. He was more of a winner than a talented player. The talent wise, nah. Of course, you can't compare. He could their, get you thirty you any night, though. Not any night. Paul Pierce could get you thirty any night. Not any night, man. Dude Mello, was a stud player, and he just played with balls. Melo is one of the best finesse players of all time. I don't know, man. As far as a player with balls, Melo is not a player. So with we're balls. talking, we, we, we we're talking skill here, right? Not like like pedigree and and, and, and legacy no, and all skill. this shit. Skill. skill. Paul Pierce was. If you had to, if you had to say one comparable player to Melo, who would it be? Because I feel like you're about to say some fucking ridiculous shit. <laughs> and I'm uh, telling you, this is because you're Knicks biased. This uh, <laughs> has nothing to do Mello, with, with reality. Melo, I don't know. I can't. Ah, shit. Um. People out there, get ready for the bullshit. I don't, I can't even think of one to be honest, off the top of my head. Um, you know who I did? I mean, I I don't think I don't think the comparison is is good anymore. But when he first got into the league, I thought he was gonna be like a baby mellow, 
Jason Tatum. He reminded me a lot of Melo, just the way that he scored the basketball. Jason Tatum is going to be a, a better Paul George. Yeah. That's who he's going to be. Yeah. He's going to be a better Paul George. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, for all the people that are like, he has some Kobe in him. It's like, no, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a I'm a fucking diehard Celtics fan. He does not have yeah, Kobe in him. Yeah, I don't see that him. much Kobe in him. I see more Kobe in Devin Booker than I see in, in, um, in Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum fucking... Uh, Torres Achilles or or whatever, he's not coming back out to shoot free throws. He's just not. He's oh, laying yeah. on the no, ground. No, no, dead, no, 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 no. That's a different story. Like um like that heart they don't make him like that anymore. That's a fact. But also like I, I don't like when people give the the Kobe Bryant comparison to Jason Tatum because I just don't see it at all. Like, you know, yeah. like just the way he plays is completely different. He's he's absolutely a Paul George. Yeah. Yeah. But I he see. Can, he has he has the power to excel. Right. And uh and go past Paul George. But he's definitely a Paul George type player. Type player, you yeah. know. And yeah. I think Jalen Brown is a Kawhi type player. Yeah, but he might be a better shooter than Kawhi. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Kawhi's and, a, and Kawhi's a more, very good shooter. He is a good shooter. Very good shooter. I, I would say saw, more. I just more, saw him give Nick, the Knicks thirty on Sunday. Yeah, but that's not hard. It is hard these days <laughs> to give the Knicks thirty. Yeah, it's not easy. Look at the look at the uh, if you look at the box scores of like let's say the last fifteen games for the Knicks and look at the best player on the opposing team. Like guys don't really get off on the Knicks like that anymore. At least the the guys that you think are gonna get off. Like we played Donovan Mitchell twice already. I think we've held him under. I mean, it's not a lot, but I think he's averaging twenty six a game. We've held him under his average both games. Isn't he from New York? Yeah, he's from Mount Vernon. So he's giving you guys the he's discount. giving us the, the hometown discount. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think with Zach Levine, we played them yesterday or uh, Monday. And I think he only had like sixteen. I think he's averaging like twenty seven. They got to get Zach Levine the fuck out of Chicago. Yeah. That, I've been that, hearing rumors to the Knicks. I'm not I sure how I feel about that. I wouldn't that. hate that. I wouldn't hate it. It just depends on what we got to give up. Give just, up fucking Julius Randle. No, that, that that's you. You know, Julius you're robbing Randall. Peter to pay Paul. You, so you're gonna you're gonna give them Julius Randle, your best scorer, and then get another score. So now you're just back to having one really good scorer. That makes okay, no if sense. you have Julius Randle and Zach Levine on the same team, does it work? I think so. I don't think so. Yeah, of course it does. Why wouldn't it work? How, what what about that wouldn't work? I mean, he's making it work with guys that can't shoot. Now he has somebody that can't shoot. Zach Levine needs the ball. Julius Randle needs the ball. Yeah. I don't think that, that them two works. I think that them two turns into a, a Gordon Hayward situation where they're both now averaging 15 points rather than averaging 22 or whatever they would average. I don't know, normally. because he, uh, Julius Randle needs the ball, but he's also facilitating for other players. So, yeah, he needs the ball I to like give it to Julius other players. I like Julius Randle's game as of recent. Yeah. I, I like him way more than I like I think maybe Julius Randle last year and Zach Levine would not work, but I think now he's playing, he's taking more of a point forward position, and he's distributing. I think he's averaging like seven assists a game or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, he's good. He's So I think now, now the new and improved Julius Randle could work. I just don't want to give up too much for Zach Levine. Uh, he's a very good player. I like watching him play. Super athletic. Could shoot the shit out of the ball. He's a good, very good player. But it it, it just it would it would just depend on what we have to give up. I just don't know who else on on the Knicks you could give up for yeah. Zach Levine. Yeah, like, I'm not, like I, don't, I don't guys. I don't want to give up. Like I don't really want to give up much. I just like where the Knicks are as far as their young players that they have and the draft capital that they have. I just don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to fuck with it. I definitely like R.J. Barrett off the table. Emmanuel quickly off the table, and then at that point, who is what team is going? Who who are, who do you have available that a team is? Would you give, to give up, up an Obi Toppin for Zach Levine? Uh, yeah, of course. Obi Toppin. <laughs> like, I, see, I don't I'll know give, how you I'll make like, the money Obi work. Like, yeah, I don't know how you make the money work. That's the thing. I don't know how it works. We the give Knicks up Obi Toppin, really like have... Mitchell Robinson, and like I do that. So you like would that. give up Mitchell Robinson. 
Yeah, I think you can get a, a decent center, and centers are under are like overvalued or undervalued now. And you don't really need a great center. And if you you can find a guy to get a couple of rebounds and block some shots anywhere, but if you're if you you can't really find that many guys that put up twenty seven points a game in the NBA, so I would definitely give up Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, and maybe like a you know a first rounder, not this year or anything. Maybe like a couple years down the line, we have like I think we have like nine draft picks, first round draft picks over the yeah. next seven years. So like give them one of those like later down the line and. I would do that if they'd be willing to do it, but I don't think that's enough. You know what I think would be hilarious? If um if right at this point of the podcast we shift over to talking <laughs> about the shits because <laughs> our girls definitely didn't make it through that sports conversation. Not at all. They might have so, turned I might have to tell them like listen, just like skip the first hour because no, you're even, not gonna give a fuck. Tell them I, <laughs> I wanted to get to a point where they're like, Oh, this podcast sucks. <laughs> And then we start talking about the shits after all the sports talk. And they miss it. We can say whatever at this point because right, they're not even going right, to be listening. Right, exactly. So they're not going to hear this. Yeah. So l- let's get into the shits. Uh, dating culturally. Mm-hmm. Throughout life, I've decided that I can't date white girls because the culture. And I don't I don't even know. Is that racist? I don't fucking know. Nah, I don't want to say it's racist. It's, I, it's preference. Let's just say it's preference. Okay. We'll call it that. We'll call it preference. Dating white girls has always been a hard thing for me because I feel like there is no culture involved. Right. Unless you're dating, like, a girl who's, like, mom is straight up from fucking Slovenia or some shit, yeah. which that doesn't even sound attractive. No. The accent might be a little strong for me. But how how much does culture affect your choice to date a, a chick? I mean, it's very important, I think. Culture is everything. I mean, it, it it's what allows you to relate to somebody. I think relatability, like, once you get past, like, the physical, like, you might be physically attracted to somebody, and then once you get that out of the way, it's like, all right, like, do I like you as a person? And a lot of that has to do with, like, what you were brought up on, like, how you grew up, where you're from, do we have things in common? And a lot of that comes from, like, the culture that you come from. So that's something I definitely look past. Like, once we get out the, the fucking out the way, and, like, we're now we have to, like, sit down and, like, look at each other and have a conversation— I think that's where that comes into play. And that's when things can get a little tricky. For me, like, I, I don't know if it's because my, my mother is uh, Hispanic mm-hmm. and my pops is white. Yeah. But I've always gone for Hispanic women. Okay. I just feel like I get them more. Yeah. Are you yeah. more in touch with your, like, Hispanic side or your white side? It's weird because being raised in like like my mom and my dad got divorced when I was probably like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So, and you and you lived with my mom, your mom. Yeah. So I think that because I'm always with my mother, who is very Cuban, mm-hmm. I think that I've just always been more in touch with that side. But it's not like my my dad's side isn't hasn't been in my life. You right. know what I mean? Right. So I've had the best of both worlds, but I feel I just feel. Like, I think that whoever raised you is kind of who you grow to be. Yeah, of course. Although I can't speak Spanish, which fucking is awful. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I think I've always been drawn toward Hispanic women. And I also just think that there's something about Hispanic women that I feel like they care more. <laughs> yeah. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, it's almost detrimental, too. <laughs> you know? care like, too much. Like, I don't know how to just live anymore. Yeah, like, relax. I'm not uh, doing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. No, I don't need that. No, it's okay. I can get it myself. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, I 
Well, I'm I'm Dominican, both sides. So like that's all I've been around my whole life. Like culturally, I just that's my culture. I don't really have a mix of too much other stuff going on. Um and I just think naturally, like you kind of just date where you come from. I think that's just a natural thing. People say whatever they want about it, but like you call it preference, you call it whatever you want, but that's just how things work out. Um and I've I've dated outside of my culture before many times. Um, and it's worked and it's been cool sometimes like you meet somebody and it's, I think it's just, it's important just in in regards to life, just like learning about other people just outside of like what you know as normal or like what you know as your culture. Um, but I do think it could get tricky. Um, like, like I, like you said about white girl, like I, I just never really clicked on that type of level with like a white girl before. I feel like where culture gets really tricky is once you're going toward like a marriage situation, Mm. like. I remember having a conversation with my boss at my last job and he was saying that cause he was Jewish and he married a, a Catholic woman mm-hmm. and the marriage didn't work out. They got divorced. And he was saying like, you might think as a young person that that shit doesn't matter, but he's like, trust me, that shit matters. Cause you're not really thinking about that. Right. right. It's like, oh, I just want to date and do my thing. And like, also, I'm not thinking like, about right, marriage. They, like what the fuck? whatever. They're not into God or whatever. Yeah. But your values, because I think it's more important when you're about to start having children and when you're, like, really building a family, you can't have, like, a kid who's conflicted. Yeah. Because there's a a conflict between you and your significant other. Right. So I think that that's where kind of, like, culture needs to come together. Mm -hmm. Because outside of that, I think it's fine. But once you're locked out, like, if you're you're a dude who's a bachelor and you're just out here fucking and you want to just, like, chill with a chick for like a month and then move on to another chick. Yeah. I don't think that shit matters at all. It doesn't really matter, right? Because you're not invested in the long term anyway. Exactly. You're not meeting the family. You're not trying to fucking come to common ground on shit. Yeah. But once you start talking about that serious shit, Mm -hmm. that's when it starts to get a little tricky. Yeah. And I think that we're finally at an age where we have to start looking at stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like we're old as shit? Uh, I be feeling like I'm old as shit. I do like certain times and sometimes not. Like when I wake up in the morning and my bones are cracking, I'm like, fuck, this never used to happen. Um, but I mean, the reality of the situation is we're getting old, bro. So you, life changes and things that, you know, when I, when I, when I felt like I was finally like, yo, bro, I'm getting old. Like the things that I get excited about nowadays, like I'll get like a coupon for like a 10% off at the fucking supermarket. I'm like, fucking let's go. Bro. Right. I'm fucking excited. Or like a gift card, a gift card to Walmart. Like, wow, I'm going to go food shopping at Walmart and I'm going to, like, use, like, I got, like, $40 off my fucking food shopping now. Like, things like that excite me. Or where, how like, about, like, decorative shit? Like, yeah. like I, bro, I look at, like, the other day I'm talking about the, the new studio space and I'm talking about what kind of rug I want at the studio. Yeah. And, like, searching for rugs, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I, I could get wait. this, like, pink plush one. That shit looked dope. Yeah. Like, dude. shit like that. Like if I'm, you're 18, you don't give a fuck about a rug, bro. Yeah, like, bro. Or, like, you know, I've been, like, cooking a lot these days, so I'm looking at, like, knife set, like, knife sets, and I'm like, dude, that knife is fucking, like, sick, dude. Look at that shit. It's so beautiful. I'm like, it's a fucking knife, bro. Give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that shit comes like, the dude same, cares, bro. bro. Like, I got those at the dollar It's got, sir. like, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, like, that's when I start to feel old, like, dude the shit that i care about now these days is like just does not matter like going out now like you know when we were younger it's like we're trying to figure out what we're doing like this weekend we want to do something friday saturday sunday fucking monday if possible dude i want a limited one event a weekend (laughs) like one day like all right you want to go out saturday i can't do anything else the rest of the week because i need to rest and catch up on my sleep bro things like that being a broke business owner 
that's trying to get that shit off the ground, right? Yeah. Today, I'm doing Instacart for extra cash. Yeah. In my head, as I'm doing the Instacart, I go, how the fuck did you afford to go out drinking every weekend yeah. when you were 21? Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck did you afford that? You didn't really. You kind of just made it's it. It's amazing that you, you kind of just that made money, it. Though. You made it happen. <laughs> but like how? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, drinking by itself. Like, I remember on New Year's, I went and caught drinks, uh, caught bottles for me and, and my girl. Yeah. And like, it killed me a little inside. Mm-hmm. Like, like actually paint. It was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Or and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I used to go and with And you spent a hundred dollars at the spot on like four drinks. Right. And didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I was buying bitches drinks and right, I was I was right. doing all of it. Right. And somehow I didn't see that as like a poor expense or Yeah. Money starts to look different as you get older. You start that to value so you, va- you value it more. Like like you said, it hurts sometimes to spend that bread on some shit that five years ago I would have done gladly, blindly, without a care in the world. And now it's like fuck now, I gotta like kind of figure this out and make sure that I budget the rest of the way so that I'm not just fucking out here spending money uh irresponsibly. I wonder if it's maybe because you didn't think long term back then. You didn't. You didn't give a fuck, bro. Like you just kind of get know. fucked up. You trying to party, bring a bitch to the crib. That was that was the goal of life. Right. Like that was the that was the, the the grand glory of of life was just having fun and just out there doing whatever you want. And once you get out, once you get that out the system and realize like there's more to life than that, then that's when you start to realize shit is getting different. Do you do that shit now where, like, if you're about to spend money on something stupid, you think about something that you actually need? Yeah. And you're like, all the time. Why would I pay for this right now all if the time. I don't, if I can't buy that all thing? All the time, bro. All the time. Like, I'm all way the more... studio shit I need, I'm like, if I'm about to spend a hundred on drinks, I'm like, damn, yo, I could have gotten a fucking acoustic yeah, panel, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb shit. You know what I mean? Mad like, times, bro. And sometimes, like, I mean, I'm getting into the habit of, like, just trying to stop it, but, like, I'll talk myself out of it, like, out of, like, responsible thinking. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, bro. Just get it. Who cares? You work hard. Like, I make excuses in my head to, like, justify me spending money on this and then dumb the shit. the second you hit send on and that you're like, shit, you're like, fuck, fuck bro. Me. I should have fucking listened to myself and myself told myself to not get it. Bro, when I, I like bought- like, three people in my head talking to me at the same time. I bought these easy sneakers when I had a good job and I could afford them. Mm-hmm. And at the second I hit send on that shit, Instant immediately regret. I felt awful. Buyer's remorse. It was awful. Like, I, I felt like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, those are, bro, $275? Yeah, for a pair of sneakers that probably cost $15 to make. Right. I was just, bro, I'm sitting there sick in my apartment. I'm like, yeah. fuck, what are you doing, bro? You're just not thinking these days. Yeah. I've, I would have never felt like that back in the day. Yeah. Like, you would save up $275 just to cop Just to blow sneakers. it. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have nothing. Yeah. And just <laughs> and you'd be and fine. Just like, some, oh, I got yeah, my sneakers. Just some like, patent leather and a, right. a sole. Right. <laughs> just stitched up. That's all you got out of that. Do you like aging? I think it's dope. I like it. I, I, I think it's dope. I think um, I like the fact that, like, the wisdom that comes with it. Obviously, we're not, like, fucking wise old men, you know, that, like, know everything. But I just think I like the, I like the growing that you do once you get older and the things that you learn. I, I, I like to look back at how I used to be and just like see the growth and see how much I've learned and how different I've become. And I think that's what's the coolest shit about aging. It's also dope that if you think about like, say a conversation with a younger kid right now Mm -hmm. and you and I probably both had similar past as far as like going out and partying and doing all the dumb shit. Right. Yeah. We, we are at least wise enough now to look at a kid that's going through that same, uh, prime of partying. Yeah. And be like, Get it out of your system now because that shit fucking 
it, it kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, for sure. You know, I like that we're at that age where you could look at a young person and not judge them, but be like, I know I what's there. coming after and, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he'll grow out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have like younger, like, relatives that are like going through that same age group of like early 20s and shit like that like my even my sister even though she's different she don't really she's not into the whole party scene like that but she's young she's 22 and i just i just it just brings me back to like damn i remember what it was like even though it wasn't that long ago but it was kind of like a lot of shit has changed in seven years so for sure you you start to look at the people that like come up after you and you just like you know that you can help them if they need it because you've you've walked through that same path of life already and you actually are on the other side where you can kind of look at the things that are uh, possible, the, the fuck-ups that you can make, and you can kind of tell the people that are close to you in that same age that are going through that same walk of life, like, yo, avoid doing this, don't do that, because I did that, and it ended it ended up being yeah, a bad like situation. it might seem fun, yeah, but it's not. but it's not. You know what I mean? I feel and, like every three to five years, you have an epiphany. Yeah. Where you're just like, wow, I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, And then sure. in three to five years, you're going to feel the same way. Like, yeah. We might think we're smart now. In three years, we're going to look mm. at ourselves now and be like, you were so, so fucking stupid. stupid. So dumb. Because when That's we were 22, incredible. we thought we were the fucking hottest shit in the fucking world. Right. We knew everything, and we were just the biggest idiots in the world. Yo, imagine someone telling you you're not an adult at 18. Yeah. Like, what? The fuck are you talking about? Like a full grown-up. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What? Who are you? <laughs> you don't know me. Yes, I Dog, am. I look at an 18-year-old now like a fucking child. Yeah, and at 18, I was like, I thought I was a fucking man. I thought I was the shit, bro. Yeah. I just had a car. Mm-hmm. I was fucking, you know. I was the man. I was you out here piping. You, you were. You don't know anything. You know nothing. Probably wasn't even them bitches. Sorry. I feel so, Hey, sorry for it. Uh, any girl that I piped when I was 18, I know that shit was whack. I'm sorry. <laughs> 18, bro. I was yeah. giving girls a trash dick till like 23 at least, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. You had to go through that, man. <laughs> uh, on my last episode or a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how uh, like the first person that you smash, you think is the truth. Yeah, because it's your first experience with it. Yeah, and then the first time you actually like smash someone who's of quality, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. Yeah, that sex was terrible. Yeah, I look back at my the first time I ever had sex, and I thought like, I left that house thinking that I was the fucking man. And as I've grown into a, a, a grown man, I look back and I'm like, dog, he, he did nothing. <laughs> he did absolutely nothing. Bro. Looking the pussy crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Just yeah. the wild boy shit that you thought that was you like thought was fire. On. I had watched in the porn like two days before in preparation because <laughs> yeah. you know the day's coming and you're like, all right, I gotta gear up, I gotta search up, I gotta get my moves together, get my routine going, and you're just doing mad unnecessary shit that only, only looks cool in the porns. Yeah, it doesn't actually feel good either. No. Like she probably hated it. There's some girls that that were given the the dome that they see in the porns though, mm-hmm. and that shit is trash. It's like that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like so, stop tugging my shit like that. Have you ever had a chick do the pop off on the nut? What? what you is know that? they put your nut in in your mouth or, or their mouth, and they fucking pop off that shit. No, you nah, never had that happen. No, 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 no. That sounds Fam. that sounds awful. You know, somebody in the por- you know in the porns, like, a chick will, like, put a nut in her mouth and, like, pop off that shit, and it looks like it's fucking a crazy experience? Yeah, yeah. One of the most painful things I've that ever endured. That doesn't sound great at all. No, no, no. It sounds really... It's worse than, it's worse worse than, than like, it even sounds yeah. or looks. It, it's the... Bro. Yeah, like, nuts are... they. Those are very delicate. Fam, bitch, like, relax. Like, I almost slapped Word. the chick because it, it was... It, it's, it's not a fucking jawbreaker, fucking bitch. bad. Yeah. Bad. 
There's some things that happen in porns that you just can't repeat. Yeah, it's like it's there for a re- it's in it's in it's it's part of this movie for a reason. Like, when that shit happened to me, I was thinking, how do these men keep a straight face or keep going? They probably like you know people be into weird shit. You so think they're desensitized to that shit? Probably, and you know, once you once you fuck for a living, right? Like your job is to have sex with like however many times a day. I'm sure like it gets boring, and you're like, yo, just. Pop my nut out of your mouth. See, see what that has. See what yeah. see what it's like. Let's see if I like it. Like you just run out of shit to do, and that's how you start getting into weird shit. Like punch my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like step on me with a heel. Like right. you know, I just think once you fuck so much, it's like yo, it becomes mundane, and you're like, all right, let's just figure something else to do. That's know. gotta suck too. Yeah, I never want to get to that point where like sex is like I gotta like, you know, get punched in the face with a brass knuckle to get a nut off. Like I'm good. I think I think that porn has ruined our generation's idea of sex, though. Yeah, I think that we're the first generation that really like got ruined by porn. Yeah, and I think the new generation with like uh, of like all these uh, IG kids that grew up like looking at all these IG models on Instagram, like kind of ruined or like messed up like what the image of like what young kids think women should look like. Like, well, I think that even IG women ruined like a young girl's model of what a woman should look like too. Yeah. Like not just for for guys that are looking for like a, a chick to date. Yeah. It's also for young girls. Like, you know, the not being natural thing. Like I've never seen more regular people with like fucking uh plastic surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all everywhere. Like, yo, that was a rich thing when we were young. No, no, it's just like whatever. You can get some you can get a plat some plastic surgery for a thousand dollars these days. I, mean, they, I think they found great. out that you go to South America. Yeah. And once that happened, it just fucked up the it game. Fucked everything up. But like, yeah, I just hear like all these younger, younger dudes um, talking about like, like, stre- like things like stretch marks bother them, and like cellulite, and like fucking razor bumps. I'm like, yo, you fuck, you guys sound like the fucking just the bitchiest you little sound gay. Kid. word. Like, you know, who doesn't like stretch marks are fire. Here's bro. my thing: if a cellulite girl is a, beautiful, if a girl bro, has like a fat ass. It's going to have think? cellulite on it and stretch marks. You what think you she think had a fat ass her whole life? Word. <laughs> also, it's fat. Word. <laughs> it's fat, dude. Like, <laughs> like it's literally a fat ass. Word. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's going to look like? Like, no, that, shit, that, that shit blows my see, mind. See, and that's because of the fake asses. Like, the fake asses are... Have you ever encountered a fake ass? Yeah. It's weird. It is. Not a, not a huge fan. I'm not a fan either, Not bro. a huge fan. And, and I don't know if, it, if you encountered the... Um, the one with the fat injections, or if you encountered yeah. that was the one you encountered. Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, yeah. I encountered the, 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 the silicone. The, the tra- one. No, I've never, I've never seen Fam, those. Literally, I knew where the detachment was from the leg. Yeah. It was fucking weird. Bro. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. I think that's where women fuck up is they forget to put something in their legs. Like you, you have like hot dogs for legs, and then you put all this silicone in your ass, and now you just look like a you got a dirty diaper and shit. Like, but I feel like Kim K kind of made that the thing. Yeah, she did. You know for what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like mainstream wise, I think everybody wanted wanted to look like she did. And for the record, I think that deep down she wishes she could reverse it because she was low she, key fine before. She that was too. high key fine, bro. Yeah. Before she did all her that shit. Her face was a little jacked up back in the day. Yeah, but as far as body, body was crazy, and she I, was fine. Yeah, and I think the the face would have. I think it looked weird back then where that wasn't really the look but there's mad girls now that you if you like you can go on Instagram right now and find a million girls with like those that like she had like kind of like an exotic looking face there's a bunch of girls out I here that look lip, like that I hate the lip one yeah the lip one is stupid the lip one kills me but also, I, hate, like, I just hate I, hate I hate her I don't like like the hip thing it just 
and her legs, it's just like you got this giant ass, right? And then you have no hips or legs to like support it. Like she's going to have horrible knees having to carry that shit around all those years. For sure. She'll probably get a reduction at some point, right? She should have. Look at Courtney. I don't, I don't know if you've seen Courtney Kardashian on Instagram. Look, she looks amazing. That's the, that's the, I think she's the oldest one. Yeah, she's the she's the best looking one. Yeah, and she does. I mean, if she's if she's done work and very minimal, it's not like drastic and like you know over the top like everybody else in the I family. I wonder why she, she never. It's her and Kendall Jenner who never really never fell did. into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder want, why. Yeah, maybe they're just the two normal ones out of everyone. Yeah, like, you guys are normal. fucking insane. Yeah, and they're also like two of the ones that like. I think I, I think it, it's not like a coincidence that they're also like two of like the least attention like on the shows and shit. Right, I watch, my girl right. is always watching the show, so like I see, I rarely see them talking that much. Like she's very rarely part of the show, and if she is, she's just kind of low key playing it back. And and Kendall is almost never on the show, so I think those two things correlate. Like the fact that they're not into the crazy bodies and all the attention, and then they're also like not very prominent figures on the show. As far as like all the extra shit, I think those two things have. Do you think that their love for black men has to do with OJ? Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't think so. Do you, do you make that connection somehow? It's just strange to me. I don't. I think OJ is Chloe's dad for sure. I think that for sure. You too. ever seen uh, OJ's other daughters? Nah, they look just like her. Just like her, bro. Yeah, that's like strange. that's her dad for sure. I don't, I don't. I don't doubt that even. One bit. No, bro, look, when you get a chance, look at her at OJ's other daughters and they look just like her, bro. I'm like, it's fucking They have the same jawline. Day. Yeah. Like, OJ has a very prominent jawline and so did she. Like, she had a box head. Yeah, she doesn't look like, I mean, they, of course they look like sisters, but she has a very distinct look from all the other ones. Everyone else kind of looks the same. Courtney and Kim are like very similar and then Chloe's kind of just very OJ-ish. Yeah. 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 But the fact that they all like, like it started off with like black athletes. Yeah. I just think it has to do with OJ. I, In what I feel sense? like just the traumatic experience that they went through seeing OJ at that point mm-hmm. when they were younger. Yeah. And then the weird correlation of like black dude killing white girl. I don't know what tweaked in their head, but I feel like it's too close that like there are these Beverly Hills white girls. Who probably don't experience a lot of black dudes. Yeah, in their I'm life. sure there's not. Yeah, but and, have this thing and have this thing for just black dudes. Yeah, and I don't give a fuck. I've I've met white girls that are only attracted to black dudes. That's awesome to me. Yeah, of course. do your thing. Yeah, as long as it's not some weird shit. Yeah, you know, it's not like you getting back at your father or yeah. some shit. Like, <laughs> then fucking cool. It's, yeah, like yeah. everyone has preference. That's fine. <laughs> but like the fact that they actually experienced that situation with OJ and then they grow up to like just be only with black dudes I and, could, and like starting okay. with like like running backs and shit yeah. you know <laughs> like, like yeah, Reggie Bush we even fucking made the connection with <laughs> yeah. the fucking position and profession bro like she went for she Reggie went Bush for... <laughs> did, did OJ go to USC did he <laughs> I don't know I think he did <laughs> holy shit I think we might have uncovered something <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I think that, fucking... that kind of like unlocked. I think it. he did go to USC, actually, bro. I'm gonna, yeah, I, th- I, think I think he, he did. did there. So I think that's. She's like, you know what? When I grow up, I'm gonna get me a USC running back, right? And maybe it'll kill me. Yeah, let's shit see. Like that. Yeah, like you carry on I mean? the legacy. Yeah, like she, she. I think that she was interested. Holy in that. shit! I never looked at it that way. You might have. You might me. You, you might have a point, bro. <laughs> that's funny as hell, bro. But yeah, man, that's um, funny as fuck. Anything else on the? Uh, on who the you got docket? for Super Bowl? 
Uh, Super Bowl, I'm going with my man Tom Brady only because he is the greatest of all time, and I don't even know how he's doing what he's doing right now. Yeah, uh, I, I try not to bet against Brady. I've learned that the hard way. Um, although I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win, even though I just said not to bet against Brady. But it's creeping in the I wouldn't like put it like this. I'm not putting I wouldn't put money against Brady. I think that would be stupid at this point. Like every time people doubt him, he just ends up proving everybody wrong. I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a great game. Hopefully it'll be a great game. I just don't understand when someone like him is slowing down. Like there's no there's, there's no sign. He's got a cannon still. I mean, if you watch him play, he's still throwing the no, ball down. He's a down. fucking baller. Yeah, he's he doesn't there's no physical drop off whatsoever. I don't know what it is about this generation of of athletes like even with LeBron where they're able to just like play such a uh high level. Yeah. Into this older age. I think it's I me mean, all the money that they invest. I think they both invest over a million dollars a year into their, you know, into their body and get, keeping their body fresh. And I, I just don't think there's many athletes that are doing that. And I think that's why those two stand alone of like guys who are in like way past the so-called prime years right. of their career and still playing at such a high level. Um, you know, Tom Brady with the whole TB12 thing. I think he's like fucking egg yolks for breakfast and like, you know, wheatgrass omelets and all this weird shit. And like, and that's why he's you able to it, keep himself in such you know great a, shape. A dope correlation between them two as well that, that happened kind of in the, their later years. They seem like they're having more fun playing. Yeah. And I think that that's keeping them younger. Yeah. Like LeBron and and the Lakers look like they're just joking around all the time. Yeah. And Tom Brady, I don't know how real it is with all his like social media posts and shit, but he seems to be having like genuine fun. Yeah. And I think I think, that, I think that, that kind of prolongs your your career. I think you. more so for Brady because what more does Brady have to prove? He's got six Super Bowls. He's been to fourteen championship games. This is his ninth Super Bowl or his tenth Super Bowl. It's like he has nothing else to prove. The only reason why he would be out there playing is because he's having he he still loves the game. I think maybe the only one thing he has left to prove is that he can do it without Belichick. I think that's the one thing that kept him going. I he think was, that he proved that just by making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, For sure. like you're looking at at the the least winning franchise in NFL history that he just took to a Super Bowl in one year. In one year, yeah, the first season. I think that's the most impressive part. Super. I thought I thought that he would be able to do it eventually. I did not think they were going to be able to go to the Super Bowl in his first year. Now, does that knock down Belichick's uh, stardom a little bit? Uh, I think it. I wouldn't say yet. I think let's see three three years down the road. Like let's see where they're at. I think if Brady still plays another two years, right? And Belichick is still coach of the Patriots, which I think he will be. Um, and we'll, we'll, let's let's evaluate that at that point. I think it's still too early to tell. Um, I think Brady was obviously a huge part of their success up until last season. They didn't really have a lot of talent around Tom Brady, which is why, part of the reason why he left. Give Bill some time to recuperate. Let's see what he can do. Get a new guy, a new quarterback to come in and build this team. And, and let's see what he can do without Brady. Let's give him a, a couple of years before we make that um, assumption. But I think it's a conversation that you can have. It does seem in one season, though, like if the Patriots at least made the playoffs, I'd be like, oh, Belichick's still good, R- regardless of QB. Yeah. But the fact that they had a terrible season, what they were 6-10? and 10? Yeah. I mean, they had no talent. I, I'm not going to put it all on Bill. Like, they had nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I know Cam Newton is not who he used to be. He's he's not good. He can't throw the football. Yeah. He can't throw. And you can't rely on your quarterback to just be a running back. They had two running backs on the yeah, field. Yeah, no, that's a fact. Cam can't throw the football. I think he has to go out and get a new another quarterback. I don't know if he can get one through trade. I thought Stafford might be a guy that they would go after. 
if they can pick one up in the draft. I, I just want to give Bill some time before I say, oh, he can't do it without Brady. I still think he's a tremendous coach, but like I'm not I, I think that I don't look at him the same after Brady went and did what he did. Yeah. And it's also like I don't know if you saw, I think Edelman came out recently. Was it Edelman or Amendola? Yeah. Who came out it was and Amendola said, and said something like, Oh, Brady's the Patriot way. Yeah, he said that that he's uh the coaches weren't out there like throwing the ball, they weren't out there fact. catching the passes. That's a fact. That's true. But like if the players who played for Belichick felt like he was responsible for any of that, I don't think the statements like that come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. out of respect for your coaches, right. you just don't do that. Right. So I think maybe in house they feel a certain type of way towards Belichick and and, and not so much towards Brady. Right. You feel me? I also think that, you know, I like when players, like, everyone who played with LeBron seems to love LeBron. Yeah. People who play with Jordan don't seem to really love Jordan like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I like when a player is not just tremendous at the sport, but also revered. Right. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, like, they love this guy. Right. You know, not, right. not only was he great, but he was a great to be around as well. Yeah. Because Brady, Brady, I don't think, had that. that. I don't think Brady had that early on. No. But as as time has gone on, these guys ride for him. Right. Like, even look at Gronk, bro. He came out of That's retirement funny. to get traded to the Bucks just to play with Brady yep. again. Yep. And, and they're again, going to look, look at Antonio Brown. Fucking got his shit together when he was out here wilding out just so he can go play with, with uh, Tom Brady. Bro, imagine having the tremendous amounts of CTE that Antonio right. Brown has yeah. and figuring out a way to get your shit together just to play with Tom Brady. That's that speaks volumes, and I don't That's think people. Insane. I don't think people really understand what that what that really means. Dog, people with CTE are killing their wives in their sleep. Right. And Antonio Brown was able to contain it enough to make the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Yeah, and it's not like he didn't try before. Like he went, he was with the he was with the Patriots, he was with the with the Raiders, and. All these different teams fucking screwing up opportunities left and right. No, he's whacked the fuck out. Yeah, he's, like, he's wild. And he has not... You haven't heard a peep from that guy since he joined the Bucks, not, Bro, even even on field, he looks like he's focused. Yeah, just to play with Brady. So I think, you know, um, you gotta you just got to give it to him, man. He's, a, he's great on the field, off the field, and I'm excited to see him play on Sunday. I'm excited to see the game. Hopefully it's, a, it's not a letdown. I think, of course, it's fitting that he would be the first player First quarterback to ever host a Super Bowl in his uh, not his in his in his home field, um, so that's that's a cool dynamic to it as well, um, and I'm excited for it. So you picking you picking the you picking the the, the Bucks. I want the Bucks to win. Who you, who do you think's gonna win? Uh, part of me feels like the Chiefs are gonna fucking blow them out mm. because you know, Pat Mahomes is a stud. Yeah, but I think it'd be very dope. And I would even if I were Brady and I won the Super Bowl. I know it's a weird thing to say, but I would consider retirement. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's really nothing else to prove. That's At that point, the, all right, dude, enough. You've seven Super Bowls. You won it without Belichick. Like, What's that, the most Super Bowls of all time? Does he have yeah, that? Yeah, he has it. I think it's six. I think, it's six. I think it, was, it was five. I think Mon- Joe Montana had five, and um, now he has six. Yeah, so, like, there's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would If I won this one, I would definitely, like, you know how Strahan went out? Yeah. I would pull a straight hand. Yeah. And I would just be like, let me go out a winner. Because I would too, but I just, I don't think he would do it though. I don't think he would. What's weird to me though is that like. Because if, if he won it this year, well, who's to say he can't win it again next year? No, that's a fact. But like, yo, you're 40 fucking eight, my guy. <laughs> like, your family wants to see you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I think the NFL is a little bit different than a lot of these other sports because it's only a 16 week thing and it's like one game. Yeah. Where like the NBA, you're on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still. 
at that age, it's like, yo, you're going to miss your kids. Like His kids are grown. His kids are like, I think his son's like 14, 15. Like his whole life has been his dad being Tom Brady, best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. That's sick. Out of these three winners, I want you to tell me who is the greatest winner. Floyd Mayweather, Tom Brady, and Michael Jordan. Think about degree of difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, who they've played against, and yeah. sport. Floyd's out of the question for me because he waited too long to fight Pacquiao, and I think that was a big mistake as far as his legacy as a winner goes. I mean, I think he's still a great winner. He's undefeated. Obviously, you can't take that away from him, but the whole situation with Pacquiao waiting that long to fight him, to me, takes him out of the category with those other two. Now, when it comes to Brady and Jordan, oh, man. You almost have to go Jordan because he never lost in the finals. But I think that what... I don't even know. I was going to say, I think that what Brady's doing is more impressive because of his age. Yeah. But for Jordan to retire for a few seasons and then fucking come back and win three straight, that's also equally impressive. Yeah. But you look at the fact that Brady went to almost twice as many as uh, championships, let's say the finals, and we'll compare it to the Super Bowl. Brady's been there 10. Jordan went six, although he won all six. But I know this is a hypothetical, but if Jordan was around for those three seasons in between, he's no doubt winning all three of them. I don't know. I don't see him going nine for nine. You don't think Jordan would have went nine for nine? I think he, I mean, he went six for six, so why wouldn't he go nine for nine? But I just think the odds are that he, one of them, he would have went down. And Jordan was playing against fucking legends. Yeah. It's not like Jordan had just an easy ride the whole time. And like and but look at the teams that he was playing in the in the finals like they they were great teams obviously cuz they were in the finals but like those Utah teams like besides Stockton and Malone are tough. They were tough but were they like like that like that uh like that I don't like they would have had a tough time with that Rockets team. Yeah. That the one that first year where he retired right. where they had H- Hakeem Hakeem, yeah. and Kenny Smith though yep. like that team I think would have gave him a run for them for their money. But I don't know. Jordan's just so different, man. Yeah. I, really I, I'm going to go Brady just because of the amount of titles that he's won in that sport. Uh, Jordan also, it took him a while. Like, we all know Jordan for all the great things that he did in the 90s, but we forget that he was drafted in the 80s and did a lot of losing at the beginning. From the moment Brady was t- took over that team, they were a consummate winner, always. Perennial playoff team, deep playoff team, Super Bowls every other year. It took Jordan a long time to come up and build up to that status. What was it, five years? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not that long, but it's no, compared that, to Brady. Yeah. Like, Brady was no, instant right. greatness from but day Brady, one. But Brady didn't just straight up win the whole time. What, did he win a Super Bowl, like, after his first full season? Yeah. He took but, over in 2002. They, by 2003, he was a Super Bowl winner already. Yeah, I guess, I guess you, you kind of have to give it to Brady. Yeah. I think I'd give the edge to Brady. And to be this old, still doing it, still winning. Now, I still playing great, statistically, still winning. I got to give it to Brady. Oh, last thing, last thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, just because we're talking about quarterbacks. Um, it came out that Jared Goff had sent, like, one of the players a text that said, um, I would totally pipe Sean's girl. <laughs> and he was talking about Sean McVeigh. <laughs> this girl's fire, though. I ain't gonna lie. Now, she's bad. If you're the coach of a team and your player, because how I look at coaches is like father figures. 
right? Yeah, not, when, not when not Sean the, though. Sean Gates is uh, the, he's like ten he's, years older. I know, than I, know <laughs> I know, but still, like you hold that level of respect for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that situation. Do you think that that had to do with why he was traded? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also, sure. I'm sure it didn't help. Like if that if that is true, and like Sean McVay actually knew about that, I think that definitely added fuel to the fire. I think he hasn't been a fan of J- Jared Goff for some time now. Like there's been rumblings of the fact that like he has he doesn't really think Jared Goff's that great of a quarterback who's going to take you to the Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, he started as backup in a playoff game this year. Like that yeah. goes to show you how he really feels about him. But if he if he caught wind of that text or whatever whatever Jared Goff said that he would fuck his girl, like yeah, I'm sure that wasn't like very endearing. Because here's the worst part: like, all right, if my uh, high school basketball coach mm-hmm. had a fucking dime piece for a wife, and mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I would totally fuck coach whatever's girl. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of that happening is very slim. Right. So why? But as an NFL quarterback, yeah, who's not a bad looking guy. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of you fucking your coach's girl, much higher. It's very possible. Yeah, right. So if you're that coach, you have to almost take into account that that could be a reality if we keep this guy around. Let's get this guy the fuck out of here. And I don't (laughs) get him to Detroit. And I don't really think he's that good anyway. So why do we and send him him to Detroit, like the worst place? Like, (laughs) yeah, I want him to go to a place that like has like empty abandoned buildings and it's fucking desolate and it's freezing. Yeah, he's gonna be miserable. Yeah, like get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think they did that on purpose. I think. Getting Matthew, it was the trade was more was less about getting Matthew Stafford and more about putting Jared Goff in the most miserable position possible. And I know Stafford's a good quarterback, but I don't I don't know if he's worth everything that they gave up for him. Um, yeah, they definitely gave up a lot. They gave up a lot, and I I don't I'm not really sure why they gave up so much. Um, I think they the 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 Rams I guess had all the leverage because. Um, Stafford had like a, a $10 million roster bonus if he was still on the Detroit Lions, but I think it was after February, whatever. It was a certain date. So they had to trade him by a certain day. So they were in a hurry to trade him. And I think you could have used that, you know, in your favor yeah, yeah, right. if you're the Rams. Be like, well, you guys are rushing. I'm not going to, you know, we're going to overpay. overpay for a guy right. that you're dying to get rid of. Um, but then if you really like the quarterback, then you run the risk of losing him to another team. So who knows how it went down, but... I think that putting him in this position, like this would be the this will be the best team he's ever been on. Not even counting defense, just his weapons. They have two good receivers, a good running back. They're all locked up for the foreseeable future. I think this move puts the Rams in a position to contend for a Super Bowl next season. For sure. So we'll see. And I think Sean McVay as a coach is actually tremendous. Yeah. So uh hopefully. He actually that has works. a coach that, uh, that like uh, his job is to keep him off the sideline. I mean, keep him off the field right, right, right. to, like, not get run over by the ref. That's his sole job. He he has a very tremendous mind. I feel like you're seeing that more now in uh, NFL. A lot of you're young You're seeing guys. a lot of young guys yeah. with just, like, almost like uh, like child prodigy mm-hmm. type vibes. Yeah. Like, they're just geniuses. Yeah. I think we're getting to the era of, like, you know, at some point, like, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and... You know, Bill Cowher, all these legendary coaches, like they were young at one point and they all came in around the same time. Yeah. And now that they're old and out of the league, I think we're getting that next wave of like super young coaches that are going to be around for like a long time, like a Sean McVay, a Joe Judge, uh, Robert. So like these guys that like are, have very promising c- futures. I think we're starting to see the next wave of like great coaches. I also great really young like coaches that hire the for the Jets. I love that hire. I think that's a great hire. Now all they got to do is go out and get Deshaun Watson and then they're set. I don't think that Houston's going to. 
make that happen. We'll see. I don't think the Jets are going to make that happen either. And I'm not I'm not so against Sam Darnold, but we could talk about that at a later date. Yes, sir. Um, I'll be you. back. You thank guys, thank you for for hopping on. Yeah. I, you know what? During this recording, all I was thinking about the whole time is how we need to just start a sports podcast. Yeah, we will. Because that, like, you guys are going to be hearing from Podcast Poppy very, uh, very often, very soon. Yeah, we got to do a sports podcast because yeah. that's that's the only. I feel like that's the only way for me and you. Yeah, <laughs> like like the normal the normal subject matter on this podcast yeah. is more dumb shit and like yeah. uh, like life like yeah yeah. Yo, yeah. what would you do if this happened? Yeah, right, 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 right. Me and you could go. Hours and hours just about any sports topic. So I think that that's what's coming. So yeah. guys, that's I do want to sit in. To. I do want to sit in on one of your like life talks with your friends because I was very entertained by the one that I heard last week. So I want to be a part of that one day. That will happen. Yeah. Um, as for now, uh, guys, I have a new podcast um, with my guy Bales. It's a uh, uh, hip hop podcast and it's teaching young guys how to kind of like navigate the game and not get fucked over. Um, is there anything that you want to uh, promote or anything? I ain't got nothing right now, but just look out for that sport, uh, sports podcast with me and my boy, Diggy Metro. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? All Coming right, soon. Up. This is Diggy Metro. We're signing out. Podcast Poppy in the building. We out of here. Peace out, guys.